Kate goes, uh, can we take a break? Because you're bleeding like a lot through, through your shirt, like a lot. And Jack's like, oh no, it's fine. Cause it's not blood. It's freaking pus. Discharge. <laughs> Worse. That's Worse. grosser, dude. That's grosser. It was so funny. But I love that Kate doesn't even blink. She's just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Classic you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> classic you. Hello and welcome to Our Lost Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 28-year-old actor and artist. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I remember way too many details that no one else cares about. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And our fun fact for this episode is about a fun birthday party you've been to or had for yourself. I feel like when I was a kid, I had the coolest birthday parties out of my friends, and that was all thanks to my mom. Oh, I'm jealous. My personal favorite, well, I don't know if it's my personal favorite, but it's like the one that is like the coolest that I always talk about is um, when I had, are you guys familiar with the board game Sorry? Um, Sorry? No, it sounds, um, sounds uh, yeah. Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it is. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it's. Um, I'm familiar it, with the board game Sorry. Oh, okay. Sorry. But like, basically you have like little figurines and you have like four people, four players, and then four figurines. And you're trying to get your figurines to the end. Basically it's, it's a board game, but I loved playing Disney. Sorry with my family. And so we had an unfinished basement at the time. And so we got like different colored tapes and my parents made a sorry board on the ground on our unfinished basement. And then each of my friends were a different like little pawn. And we played a life-size game of Disney Sorry in my basement. You know, the best times were always had in unfinished basements as a child. So true, so true. And the best part is that then my dad put our wood flooring on top of that. And so he didn't take it off. And one day in the distant, distant future, when somebody rips up that floor, they will think, somebody was in a cult or something because there is a <laughs> Disney sorry board underneath our basement floor. That's incredible. Like 200 years from now, they'll be like, hmm, what yeah. ritual was this? What is this? Exactly. That's legend. <laughs> Just put it in the history books. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's our legacy. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh. That's great. Okay. My name is Casey Wall. I'm a 26-year-old writer from Rhode Island. I like sapphic ships and collecting plants. You can follow me on Twitter, Serialized, and Letterboxd at CaseyWatchesTV. And um, unlike Robin, I feel like I didn't have a lot of cool birthday parties, but I went to a lot of cool birthday parties. Mm -hmm. Although I can't really remember any now. But Mm. the best birthday party I had, or at least the most memorable one, me and my sister both have winter birthdays. So, like, all my friends who had birthdays during the summer and stuff would always have, like, pool parties and, like, beach parties and, like, fun stuff like that. And we never got to have that. So something mm-hmm. my parents did for both me and my sister at one point was um we had a little indoor beach party where um we all had sunglasses and we laid out towels and we tanned under the lights and... <laughs> We had lays and we played limbo and basically just had a honestly like Hurley's birthday party in this episode. Yeah. (laughs) Indoors. Relevant. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So it was really fun. Yeah. Cool. And this episode, our guest is Selena. Hi. So happy to be back. It's been ages. Yay. Yay. (laughs) Thank you so much. I love it. Like every couple of years I check in with you guys and you're still doing lots. (laughs) Yes. 
<laughs> yep. true. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. I love it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, my name is Lena. I am 35 and I am in Denmark. And my relationship, oh my God, my relationship to loss is goes back decades um i think i've said this in previous episodes you can go back and listen to it my <laughs> favorite birthday party i remember i was uh, i think I, I turned i don't know my, my mother will know i was seven six uh, eight something like that and we lived next to a farm and uh, we we like all the, the kids from my school we all went into the farmhouse and um, there was a, a treasure hunt and all kinds of stuff. And there was like these big bales of hay that we all ran around in. And one kid was allergic, which we didn't know beforehand. So that was kind of yeah. unfortunate. Um, oh, no. But then it all it culminated with uh, a giant, 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 giant sleet of like balloons like that had been suspended above us that all came like raining down. I just remember all those balloons falling onto the hay. It was amazing. That sounds great. It was so fun. That's so cute. That is my personal nightmare because I'm terrified <laughs> of balloons. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. No, <laughs> but that yeah. sounds like a great core memory. You and the kid with the allergies did not, would not have a time. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Oh my God. That's funny. And so if, Anyone wants to follow you? Are you kind of off social media these days? Yeah, I, I mean, I do have an Instagram that is Selena Sark, which is not actually Selena's Ark. <laughs> like at the hundred reference, it actually was like <laughs> Selena Sark, like an alias reference. And um, I'm never yeah. changing it because I think it's amazing to have that little geeky legacy. But That's no, I, I, I barely use it. I use it a little bit for like my um, like film projects and stuff, but mm -hmm. ah, maybe one day. I'll be a tiny, tiny picture of a little baby hand, but not anytime soon. Yeah. Very private person. Who would have yeah, thought? Yeah, so if you guys want to get a hold of Selena, you have to be Facebook friends like me. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. And I'm only active in Messenger, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. One-to-one -one communication. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, great. Today we have words to say about episode 412 of Lost. There's no place like home, part one. Part one. Um, so there are three parts to this finale. So looking forward to that. This is part one. Um, and it is, of course, a reference to uh, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. Uh, near the end of the 1939 film adaptation, the song's melody plays in the underscore as Dorothy repeats the phrase that transports her back home to Kansas, mirroring the theme of this episode that we're sort of going back to home. Um, the title of the episode foreshadows the return of the Oceanic Six while juxtaposing its positive meaning to their bittersweet emotions in an ironic fashion. Media literacy! <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> um, the broadcast date was May 15th, 2008, and it was written by Damon and Carlton. Uh, it was also directed by Stephen Williams, um, who is the secondary director, and I believe parts two and three were both uh, directed by Jack Bender, so um, that makes sense. Um, as for a couple of fun facts uh, for the episode overall, um, you can see Echo's Church in uh, this episode. What? Uh, in the background on the beach. Yeah. This is the first episode to have Aaron appear without Claire. Also. Devastating. Veronica Hamill plays Margot Shepard, and this is the first time that we've seen her. Like, it's so weird because I, <laughs> having seen Lost so many times, Margot is so clear to me in my mind. Mm -hmm. And the fact that she was in White Rabbit, and then she's in this episode, and that's 75 episodes. Wow. Like, it is the longest gap for any actor and the longest gap for a character until 
spoilers, <laughs> which I'll talk to you guys about in the spoiler section. So it does. Oh, shoot. I want to know. <laughs> if you want, Casey, you can scroll down the dock and I put it in the spoiler. Oh, section. nice. Thanks. If you if you, if you want to be spoiled. But yeah, so uh, Margot doesn't appear for 75 episodes and this is her return back. There's also quite a few bloopers in the continuity section on the Lostpedia page, but most of them are not worth noting. So if you want to go take a look, feel free to do so. My personal favorite, though, is that I did I did take one, which was when Saeed is returning to the island on the Zodiac, there's a sea turtle on the shore just as he's about to land. And in the next shot, we don't see the turtle anymore. So that turtle is so That's fired. That's so funny. <laughs> like, that turtle. The turtle continuity, not good. There's also a whole bunch of theories on the theories page on Lastpedia if you want to check it out. Um, there was so many that I was like, I can't even begin to figure out where to add this into the podcast. So um, if you're interested, go look on the Lostpedia page. Great. So uh, there are two island storylines. There's a tiny little baby orchid storyline. And then I put the rest of it together. And then of course we have the flashes. So let's start with that little tiny baby orchid storyline. And I did the summary. Um, if you guys can tell, I woke up about an hour and a half ago and I did exactly zero vocal warmups. Um, so <laughs> that's why I sound like this. But hopefully it'll start sounding better as the podcast goes on. Thanks. Do you normally do vocal warm-ups or do you just like, you know... No, I usually just live. Like, use your voice throughout the day. Yeah, I usually just live. But of course, like, usually we record like three or four hours into my day, which is totally fine. We had to record at 4 p.m. Selena's time, 10 a.m. Casey's time, and 8 a.m. my time. So I woke up at the same time I get up for work on a Saturday, which is fine. But um, that's why I sound like this. Thanks, guys. I think you sound great. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. No problem. So this is my summary for the Orchid storyline. Ben leads Locke and Hurley to a hidden cache. He takes a mirror out of it and signals to someone on one of the mountains. Ben says they're good to go now. As they walk, Hurley inquires about the logistics of moving the island. Ben says he hasn't quite figured everything out yet. They get to the Orchid and find that the mercenaries are already there. Ben explains how to get down to the station to Locke. He says he'll take care of the soldiers himself. Ben walks out with his hands up and is captured by Kimi and his men. That's it. It was short, but it's one of my, it's yeah. probably my favorite thing that happens in this episode. Mm. Mm. I love this little storyline. Yeah, because I think, yeah. like, usually in a in a finale, we would just do the island storyline all together. But that one was so separate that I was like, we can definitely separate that one out. It's a fun, it's a fun pairing. I feel like, you know, I was thinking watching this episode, Lost in the, especially in the later seasons, kind of fell into the same kind of pattern as a certain other show that shall not be named and that they just kind of started moving <laughs> characters a lot, like physically in space mm-hmm. and changing yeah. like groups and just being like, ooh, what, what's going to be like a fun pairing for whatever couple of scenes and mm-hmm. then splitting them up in different ways. And usually like all that yeah. really happened was that they had some banter and then they moved on. But I did, I, I think Ben right. and Locke, to make that less tired adding in Hurley it's just that was pretty Mm. genius and I remember at the time we were all really excited about that and I think yeah especially like looking thinking about Locke he's already kind of becoming a little bit of a cliche of himself or a caricature of himself at this point like the way he talks and just his mannerisms oh that's my baby I'm sorry (laughs) um baby uh he has a cold baby strong opinions on Locke and Ben yeah (laughs) yeah baby baby definitely 
thinks things. Baby's a, a big fan of John Locke. Um, but no, but so having yeah. Hurley, who is just always like because they have the same hairstyle, I assume. Pretty brown. No, he has more hair than than Locke. Okay. But uh, <laughs> no, but but not as much <laughs> hair as Hurley. But no, Hurley is just okay. Hurley is just authentic, right? Like he never gets it. Ne- character mm. never gets tired. He just livens up everything. So yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because we had like like. Locke and Ben are like so fun and so cool especially in like episodes like Man from Tallahassee last season but yeah you're completely right that like basically the whole end of season three was that and it was fun while it lasted but we totally had to change it up and I I completely agree Mm -hmm, definitely so over a third of the episode happens before we even see them um but then we finally get to them it's Ben leading Locke and Hurley up a sort of like hill and Hurley asks where we're going and Ben says we're going to the orchid it's like nice that he clearly knows I mean we knew that he knew about the orchid because he had the logo on his jacket earlier this season in one of the flashes it's just interesting because in the other storyline they talk about the orchid on the radio and Juliet has no idea what it is but Dan does Mm, interesting so it's just interesting to think about who knows what about the orchid but it's nice to know that Ben knows what he's doing especially when like Ben is sort of on our side right now you know so it's like if Ben also didn't know I'd be scareder (laughs) More scared, I guess, is a better word for that. It's scareder. But yeah, so he says it's like a greenhouse. Hurley says, why are we going there? And Ben says, we're going to move the island. Sure. Which is what Locke said that Jacob told them. Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> Jacob told them to. Yeah, do. as you do. Just just give it a little scooch. Yeah, exactly. So Hurley says, how are we going to do that? And Ben says, very carefully. And Hurley goes, <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> That really clears things up. That's what I asked for. If you can just do that, why didn't you do it before? And Ben says it can go really, really wrong. So it's sort of like a last resort thing. And Hurley goes, fab. Okay, cool. (laughs) Great. So Ben finds a little hidden wooden box and Locke stops him before opening it and he opens it himself. He finds this rusty ass tin of saltine crackers. Horrible. And Hurley just starts eating them. Horrible. He just does it. I hope he has his tetanus shot. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's not consistent but it is gross correct (laughs) yeah so ben gets a mirror from inside and you know comments on hurley that those are 15 years old and uh flashes the mirror towards one of the mountains um on lastpedia it said the mirror ben uses is called a heliograph or a signaling mirror they were commonly used by military forces in the early half of the 20th century they are still included in survival kits for emergency signaling to search and rescue aircraft and they typically have directions printed on the non-reflective side so they start communicating and i sort of thought that it could be like morse code again because it's sort of seems like it could be but on lastpedia it said what can be seen of ben's mirror message interpreted morse code translate to c's and the reply was s-i-i um although there may have been another letter after the s while Locke was raising his binoculars so we don't technically see it um but it doesn't look like it was a message in morse code that they like particularly were, were trying to tell the audience anything ah uh, i was curious yeah i thought maybe it was going to be a little easter egg but it doesn't look like it is Do we know who Ben was signaling to, like, exactly? Such a great question. Hmm. Locke says, who were you talking to? And Ben says, who do you think? But they don't ever (laughs) actually say who he was talking to or, like, what he said. I always thought, like, in my interpretation watching this, I always thought it was Richard. Yeah, that's what I was going to But then when we see Richard at the end of the episode, it feels like that's really far away from that mountain. So maybe not. I'm not sure. I think maybe he did 
meant like his people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just felt personally dumb because mm-hmm. I it felt like Ben was talking to me when he's like, who do you think? I'm like, I don't know, yeah, Ben. Right. That's why I'm asking you <laughs> early. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I do wonder, because we've talked about, we've never been there on the show yet, but we have talked about the temple. And I'm not sure exactly where it is on the island. The temple is like very fuzzy to me when I remember things about this show. But I don't think it's up on a mountain. I just don't. No. <laughs> it's like So I don't think it's the temple either. I'm not sure what it is. I don't know. I thought it was a, a kind of, like, I, rem- I was annoyed by that line watching it this time, because I think, yeah. like, I already now... I'm remembering I've I've obviously I love Lost and I, I do love all of Lost, but I think the later seasons I remember them just annoying me in like just for things like <laughs> this where they're just they're, they spend so much time just walking around, like recapping what has just happened and talking about what they're mm-hmm. about to do in a moment and then they do the thing, repeat. And I think this was just the thing of like right. adding intrigue where there really wasn't any. It's like you're signaling someone, yeah. you're telling them something, just do it. Like it, it had right. to be this whole thing of Locke being and, and Ben and then him being like, who do you think? And it's like, he doesn't know. That's why he asked. Like, not everything has to <laughs> yeah. be this big, like, ooh, I wonder who he's talking to. You know, like, I, just, <laughs> I was like, it was such a small line, but I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> That's so true. Well, I wonder if it's possible that like next episode, while Kate and Saeed are walking off with Richard, he says, you know, Ben signaled to me or whatever. Like maybe, like it does feel like it kind of was Richard. You know what I mean? But it just... It probably was. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. That's the only, like... It's possible that they say next episode. Obvious person I can think of. But Locke doesn't know Richard yet, does he? Yeah, he's met Richard. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. No, all good. So Ben gets a reply and he's like, okay, we're good. And Locke (laughs) is like, uh, what, what was that? And Ben just doesn't say. And so, like, here's what I thought. Is that maybe place, the place like the Orchid was, like, protected So he was communicating to the people on the mountain, hey, don't kill us. We're going to the orchid. But then how did the soldiers not get attacked by somebody? You know what I mean? So, you know, I was just trying to make it make sense in my head. And like, is there a person up there on the mountain just like staring at that spot forever? Exactly. I'm I'm confused about the logistics. Yeah, it's like the, the Lord of the Rings thing. Like someone's just up on that mountain waiting to light, yeah. light a beacon, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like they're like, I, I work full time staring at that one spot and that's how I feed my children, yeah. you know? And like, I do wonder if there's some sort of like thing or trigger that notifies when the box is opened or something. I feel like that would be, oh, yeah. But I mean, obviously we don't get any answers to that, but that's what my, my guess would be. Yeah. But no idea what's up there. So later we see them and there's, you know, they're just continuing to walk. And Hurley says, okay, so I get that this is dangerous and crazy. But if we move the island, don't the evil guys also move with us? He is so Mm. smart. And Ben goes, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> right for sure he totally gets a bad rap about being like the stupid funny guy but he's totally smart he's practical mm-hmm. so ben's like yeah and hurley says seems like that wouldn't really fix the issue <laughs> and ben goes yeah i'm working on it and hurley's like okay just to clarify i still do want to get off the island and Locke's like mm, i wouldn't really count on it you know you know what it's like <laughs> I, i'd be so mad if i was hurley it is so mm-hmm. funny like, this is i really enjoyed this about this episode obviously when it first aired, the whole point of this three-parter was how do the Oceanic Six end up being the Oceanic Six? And you, yes. you know, you, you they, they keep they keep toying with us. It's like, oh, Jack and Kate are together. Oh, there's Aaron, but no, mm-hmm. now Kate and Jack and 
Aaron are separated and there's Sam right. and there's and, and and Hurley was always like the like how how in the world is he going to reunite yeah. with these people and obviously by the end of that episode you, you mm-hmm. kind of begin to see the, the traces of how but I that, that's one of the yeah. reasons I really enjoyed the separate storyline was because Hurley was so clearly like the odd man out it's like you can imagine the Oceanic Six yeah. being like they're all kind of ish together but Hurley is very very much not so yeah oh that's so true I like wasn't even thinking about that because you know I've seen this episode before so I'm not even thinking like yeah (laughs) I'm not thinking as like a first-time viewer like what really is the (laughs) mystery here but I'm like oh right we still don't know how all these people get off the island I I remember it was so Fun. And it was enough so like the it kind of justifies that them sort of switching position all the time, which is usually annoying in this episode. It wasn't. It was just so fun because how how do these particular six mm-hmm. people end up being together because they keep putting them together and splitting them up? Um mm-hmm. I remember yeah, I think sure. I think we had a very similar feeling with um with you know the the season four finale of the hundred with them going into space. Mm-hmm. Except that was a spoiler. Right. Like I, I just had to. I just realized how similar those two episodes are. When I watched this, I was like, "Oh my god, it's like the exact same episode." Uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Jason really did be stealing. But but and, and we were all like, "But these people are here." Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And, but but it's I, I really enjoy that that kind of uh, not a trope, but like that that narrative device of you know something has to end up being something and they keep tricking you into thinking you're about to get there and you don't. And they, they did uh, really well, mm-hmm. I think, in this episode. Oh, that's so true. Yeah, for sure. And like, I believe that Damon and Carlton say on the commentary, because there's a commentary for episodes two and three of the finale, but not for the first part for some reason. Um, but they they say in the commentary for the other re- rest of the finale that their goal at the end of this episode was to take the Oceanic Six, who you knew were the Oceanic Six, and scatter them all over the island yeah. so that the audience had to be like, how on earth? <laughs> how in the world do these six people in particular come together by the end of this? Yeah. And they do yeah. that. They did that so well. It was so fun. It was so fun it's being true. the first time Absolutely. viewer of these episodes <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah for sure but i would be so mad if i was hurley and they were just like oh yeah you can't really get off the island now i'd be like you're the one who made me come with you yeah you know and like yeah. to be fair Locke was like hurley you can turn back now but hurley was like uh no and not and go everywhere by myself like he didn't actually have a choice you know yeah it's just a bummer so ben stops and kneels until it tells everyone else to do the same and they've made it to the orchid but wigmore knew that he would come here so we need to be careful and Locke is like you said you didn't know that much about Widmore. And Ben is like, oh, yeah, I definitely lied. <laughs> I just love... And Locke is like, wow, shocker. I love how Ben has gone from being like, I'm an honest man. I never lie. I always tell the truth. <laughs> right. To just straight up telling people now like, oh, yeah, no, that, that wasn't true. I, you know, I have always loved about Ben the fact that he'll like straight up lie to your face. But then when he's caught in the lie, he'll be like, yeah, I lied. You know, like he'll, yeah. he'll tell you that he lied once he gets caught in it, you know? Yeah. He, so he's still... And at least there's that. And he's so hurt when they don't believe him yeah <laughs> exactly yeah how dare you That's accuse true. me of doing this thing that i did yeah right exactly <laughs> so they look through the binoculars and they see that the mercenaries are already here what are we waiting for we're waiting john because charles widmore the man who's trying to capture me and kill all the rest of you knows about this place and knows that what we need is inside i thought you said you had no idea why he was trying to find the island i wasn't being entirely truthful when are you ever entirely truthful? 
You need to see this. What am I looking for? Look over there on the left-hand side. Watch the plants at the back. I don't see any... one shot of Locke that like I love so much and it's very very small and I don't know why I hyper fixated on on it so much but like the shot where you're like looking through the binoculars and Locke is like I can't see anything and then you see like part of the green moving and you see that it's like the mercenaries walking around you know mm -hmm. and they're in like sort of camouflage in the leaves and there's this small shot of Locke I don't know why I care so much about this but then you move back to the shot of Locke and you just see his face fall when he notices and I just think it was such a good insert to have I don't know I love that yeah. shot so much where it's like we're looking through the binoculars and then you know Locke stops talking so you like know that he's seen it but then you get to see him see it too I don't know why I love that shot so much but I really do well that's a really good choice on Terry's part to like, mm -hmm. I I don't recall exactly his face afterwards, but you said sure, that like yeah. his face kind of falls a little bit. That's yeah. so smart on his part because to me that kind of reads as like, like he's mad at himself for not catching that when Ben mm. did. Like, right. he's always looking very big pit picture, whereas Ben's mm -hmm. always very detail oriented. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's just like a really smart choice on Terry's part. I think you're right. I totally agree. And I think actually it's funny because I didn't, I didn't notice that particular shot, but I was thinking throughout this yeah. entire scene that this is kind of peak lock. Like this, this mm -hmm. storyline here yeah. is kind of like when we first see him and he's in that booth and he's playing that game over the phone and he's like imagining mm -hmm. like this mm -hmm. is what he's imagining, this exact scenario, right? like Indiana Jones, yeah into the temple of doom and guards and traps and you know all of this is like his fantasy and i think it mm -hmm. must annoy the hell out of him that he's not the best at this game that whatever mm -hmm. however yeah. much he tries ben is always going to be better at this game than he is and i kind of think that all yeah. kind of came very subtly in in his performance in the scene that he's enjoying it so much and he's so mad yeah that he's not winning Mm -hmm. at being right. this, yeah. so whatever this is. Yeah. So in the last scene of the storyline, um, Locke says that he sees two of the guys, but not the one who killed Alex, who, aka Kimi. Ugh, Kimi. Ben says he knows that he's there, though, and he's not sure if he... <laughs> so it's unclear if Ben saw Kimi or if he just feels it in his soul that he's there. That I think that's what it is. <laughs> um, probably that he's one. He's like, I can just tell. Yeah, I can smell it. <laughs> he's like, I, I can smell him. <laughs> Yeah. So Ben gives his baton thing away and we know that he has it back by the time he gets to Tunisia uh, because we saw it in the flash forward. So he does eventually get that back, um, which kind of is like a hint that he gets through this that we already sort of know, you know, mm. um, so things are not totally lost. <laughs> uh, and so Ben says, okay, I won't be able to repeat this. So just listen. And he gives him some directions, including knowing what anthuriums look like. And he tells him to find a sit switch for the secret elevator and it'll take you to the actual orchid station. <laughs> and Hurley's just like, sorry, huh? <laughs> He's like, wait, <laughs> can you write this down? Like, and so Locke is like, okay, what am I supposed to do about the soldiers? And Ben says, that's okay. That's a me problem. And Locke is like, what? And Ben says, dude, how many times do I have to tell you this? I always have a plan. Well, that's not what you were saying earlier, Ben. <laughs> right, exactly. You were saying, I have no clue what to do next, actually. 
<laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm still figuring it out. Don't worry about it. So he walks off towards the guys, hands up, and he gives himself up just like Alex did. Like the parallel between him walking up to these guys, or she didn't really walk up, but putting her his hands up is very that. And it's really sad. Yeah. So he says, hi, I'm Ben. <laughs> you wanted me? <laughs> Kimi just like, he's there. So Ben was right. Fully knocks Ben out, which is two episodes in a row for our knockout counter, unfortunately. Mm. And uh, and it was Kimi both times knocking people out. Of course. Next time we see Ben in the next episode, no spoilers, but he is awake. He is in a different location, though. So I assume that this is a knockout to restrain yeah. him. Yeah. I like went and checked and to see. Yeah. If they were just hitting him or if it was a knockout. Do they still do knockouts in television shows these days? I feel like it's such a... I don't know. Yeah. It's such an old, like, come on. <laughs> like, everyone's getting knocked out and no damage. They just did it so much in this show. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Is there anything else you guys wanted to mention about this tiny storyline? Or can we move on to everything else? Okay, no, just really briefly, like, I really... Um... No, you know what? No, I. this was going to be a spoiler. I'm not going to say it now. Remind me to say it later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have okay, nothing. You write it down so you don't forget. That's great. Okay. I just want to say that um, I do not root for Ben often, but mm. when up against Kimi, yeah. boy, do I root for that little bug-eyed man. <laughs> I agree. It is so cool how they switch it like that. Mm. Yeah. They put Ben on our side firmly. Uh-huh. Firmly on our side. It's crazy. Uh-huh. When Kimi has his gun pressed to his head and he's just completely unfazed, I'm like, yeah. that's my little psychopath. That's yeah. my friend Ben. Don't hurt him. <laughs> like, and you're like, wait, who am I? What? That's our psychopath, yeah. not this weird Exactly. Yeah, one. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Kimi is a disgusting man. Like, no, no offense to that actor. Like, so true. I, nothing on that actor. He plays him so well. He is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's amazing. Oh my God. He's a revolting human being. Like, I cannot. He's the worst. Mm -hmm. Like, he's the worst. The absolute worst. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Shout out to Kevin. Absolutely. Yeah. Shout out to Kevin. He's horrible and it's believable. Yeah. Yeah. Extremely. Yeah. If you can make yeah. me hate you that much. You're doing a good job. You're a good mm. actor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As for the rest of the island storyline, so the jungle, the beach, and the freighter, here we go. It sounds like a beautiful song. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. The jungle, the beach, and the freighter. <laughs> the jungle, the beach, and the freighter. Yeah. It's giving classic novel. Exactly. All right. Jack prepares to leave to follow the helicopter. They listen in and hear that the orchid is where they're headed to. Juliet is very upset that Jack's not taking his recovery seriously. Dan goes through his journal and, knowing that Kimi is following the secondary protocol, tells Charlotte that they need to get off the island ASAP. Jack and Kate walk through the jungle and Jack is bleeding pretty bad, but he's in denial as usual. Miles walks up on them and they reunite with Sawyer, who tells them about Claire. Kate takes the baby and heads back to the beach while Sawyer and Jack continue to follow the helicopter. Saeed makes it back to the island in the Zodiac raft and learns about Jack's plan. Saeed wants to go after him, so Dan offers to start taking people back to the freighter. Kate gets to the beach, gives Aaron to Sun, and goes with Saeed. Juliet insists that Sun go with the first group of people to the freighter. Later, Dan arrives at the freighter, drops off his group, and heads back. Sun and Jin see Michael again, who's fixed the engine. Des gets the engine going, but is told that there's interference and they can't get any closer than five miles to the island. Back in the jungle, Sawyer and Jack find Lapidus handcuffed to the helicopter. He says the soldiers are camped out to catch Ben. Sawyer tells Jack that Hurley is with Ben, so they have to go save him. Back on the freighter, Sun asks Michael about how he got back to New York. Des calls for them, and they discover a whole schwack of explosives on the boat. <laughs> 
<laughs> Shwack! In the jungle, Kate and Saeed find that they're being followed and they get captured by the others. The Oceanic Six are all over the place. How will they find themselves back on the mainland? Bum, bum, bum. Tune in for the other bit <laughs> of the finale to find out. Great job. Okay. I, is schwack a word? It, 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 it had a little red underline, but I've always used it. Wow, I've never heard that before and I love it and I'm going to start using it all the time. Great. Let me Google schwack. <laughs> Hold on. Schwack. S-C-H-W-A-K? No. Uh, oh. I, I was doing it S- put a C in there. H-W-A-C-K. There we go. Schwack Wiktionary, the free dictionary. Verb, schwack. Alternative spell. Oh, no, you were right. Alternative spelling of schwack with a C. Oh, sick. Maybe I'm using it wrong. I don't know. Everyone says it's alternative form of whack. Like, hitting stuff. You know what? I like your use better. Okay. It means, like, a lot. <laughs> the Dictionary of Robin. Yeah. Um, now I'm on Urban Dictionary. Hold on. The Reliable Source. Yeah, no. I think I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I think this maybe is my- I, I think this is maybe, uh, my mom thing. <laughs> That's great. You know when there's, like, an, a your mom thing and then you say stuff and everyone's like, what? And you're like, oh, no, I don't know. My mom says that. 100%. You know? Okay. Uh, let's blame Denise on that one. Um, all right. So, it is nighttime on the beach and Rose says, hey, whoever just flew over top of us has to have been Saeed and Desmond because why else would this thing be dropped on us? And Sun says, well, why didn't they just land then? And I'm like, probably because there's no room, Sun. <laughs> yeah, it's a beach. A room on the beach? To just land? Maybe. I don't know. Jack says, either way, this is tracking the helicopter, so they want us to know where they are. They're like, well, it's a phone. Can we just call? And... It's crazy to me that like the beach people like broke their phone and then a new one just falls from the sky. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it is pretty funny that they're like, we need the phone to be broken for plot reasons. And they're like, but now we need a new phone. And so just <laughs> they just they just give them a new one from the sky. You know, that's the miracle of the island. Yeah, so true. And so Faraday confirms that they can just do that. And Jack says, Kate, no funny business. And Dan is like, okay, <laughs> sorry I keep lying to save my own butt. My bad. I had completely forgotten about Daniel Faraday. Like, having not watched this. <gasps> How could you? In ages. I don't know. Light of my life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Right, 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 of course. And like, also, what's her face? Charlotte? And I was like, oh, that's that one from yeah. Once Upon a Time. And I was like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it's been so long. Yeah. I did remember Lapita, yeah. though. And Miles. I love that man. Oh, you know what? Most memorable. Yeah. Most memorable. Yeah. Yeah. So when he turns it on, we can hear Kimi and Lapidus's voice and Kimi demands for the chopper to be put down, even though they're still five kilometers away from where they want to go. And he says that they're heading to the orchid. Juliet, like I said, doesn't even know what that is, but you can assume it's a station, right? I would think, right? Because yeah. all of them, all the stations are named the something. So mm -hmm. I would think. Juliet also mentions that we did not hear Saeed or Desmond and asks uh, oh, and then Jack asks Kate if she wants to follow the signal and he's going to go get the guns and she should go get some water. And Juliet's like, uh, you just had surgery like two episodes ago. And Jack <laughs> is like, eh, yeah. And Juliet's like, if your stitch is ripped, like you're screwed. Yeah, she uses that time frame specifically. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like two episodes ago this happened. And Jack's like, don't you know this is a magic island that heals people, Juliet? <laughs> Come on. So she's like, if your stitch is ripped, you're screwed. And Jack's like, well, I'm not going to sit around. Juliet says, that's not what recovery is, you stupid baby. And you should know that. <laughs> you're a doctor. Jack's like, I have to do it because I promised to get us off this island. And Juliet's like, okay, don't bleed to death. And Jack's like, I wasn't okay, cool. See ya. I wasn't a fan of the way that that scene played out. Like, I didn't enjoy that uh -huh. Juliet was just like, <laughs> like, I feel like there was some, yeah. like, really bad melodrama in these first couple of scenes. And this was, I don't know, I, I thought it was a little bit, like, Ju I'm not sure Juliet was 
would do that. Like just like storm off and yeah. cry. Like that's not a good way to end the scene. Uh, that is so fair. I totally. It's true. That's not. That's not my girl. Mm. I totally see her being angry though. Of course, because sure. like she keeps losing patience. We've heard her talk about this with uh with Sun and everything, and you know she's finally gotten Sun sort of on her side to like finally get her off the island so that she can survive. And so like now Jack is another one of her patients, and she's like, "You need to take this seriously." Or else it's, like, kind of on me because I'm your doctor. True, true. You know, so I do get why she's mad, but I totally understand her, like, not liking the fact that she, like, goes off and, like, cries about it, which is totally fair. Yeah. Yeah. That's not my girl. She doesn't cry over men. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I did enjoy, like, just being the jader that I am. I'm sorry. I just one more thing. You know, that whole, like, oh, let's take a walk. And I just remember, again, that, like, first time I watched the episode, I was like, yeah, it's a Jack and Kate adventure. And obviously that lasted, like, yeah. But <laughs> I yeah. enjoyed it while it Mm-hmm. so Dan is rifling through his journal and Charlotte's like what are you doing and Dan says he said the orchid which means they're going for the secondary protocol and he finds a page in his notebook with the orchid logo on it which we can recognize from Ben's jacket and the secondary protocol folder uh, on the freighter and Dan says we need to get off this island it is so weird so who knows and doesn't know what's that we need that they need to get off the island yeah they say that like way too much yeah yeah, that's fair. <laughs> we get it. But it's so weird who knows and doesn't know about the secondary protocol because Captain Galt did not know about the secondary protocol, but Keeney did. And Dan knows everything about it just by hearing the name of the station. Like, I don't know. And, and like, Juliet doesn't even know the name of the station. Like, this it's just interesting. I just, I'm confused a little bit about the who does and doesn't know about the secondary protocol and why, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So they're going through the jungle, Jack and Kate, and Jack says, we're catching up. Uh, Because he's looking at the GPS and he says they must have landed. So that's why we're catching up. And Kate goes, "Uh, can we take a break? Because you're bleeding like a lot through through your shirt, like a lot. And Jack's like, oh, no, it's fine because it's not blood. It's It's freaking discharge. (laughs) Worse. Worse. That's grosser, dude. That's grosser. Horrible. I love Horrible. He's like, oh, it's fine. I'm just fighting the infection around the stitches. I'm like, that seems bad. It was so funny. But I love that Kate doesn't even blink. She's just like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, classic you, dude. Yeah, (laughs) Classic you. Yeah. So Kate's like, hey, you know, I noticed a tell that you have. Most people can't look at you when you lie, but you look straight into people's souls to overcompensate. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, that tracks. Yeah. That was actually very on point line, wasn't it? Yeah, so true. Like of the episode, because the whole thing is about them constructing a giant lie. So I feel like they put that line in Mm. there to sort of underscore that that's what Jack Ooh, does yeah. for the rest of the time that he's off the island. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point for sure. So they hear something and it's Miles walking. I love this moment so much. Yeah. <laughs> Miles it's great. is so real to me. He is so real to me. Like Ken <laughs> p- plays him so well because that's just a guy. Like he's so funny. Just walking through the jungle like nothing's wrong. Playing with a little freaking stick or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Throwing a stick away. Like he's so funny. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I love it. It's incredible. Oh. I love Miles. Yeah, me too, for sure. And so he's like, oh, crap. Hey. Um, And uh, we have Sawyer, who has Aaron, and he's crying. And, you know, I sort of put this later, but, like, when he hands the baby off to Kate and Jack says, go take care of the baby and everything, I'm like, oh, yeah, give the ba- baby to the woman, sure. They keep doing this. Mm-hmm, for sure. They did it with Sun. Like, so Kate did mm-hmm. so Sorry, sorry, I keep interrupting you, but 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 it's just that... Yeah, no, no, no. I, that really annoyed me as well. It's like, Sawyer had the baby, and I love that he didn't immediately throw it at Kate the minute he saw a woman. Like, at least that was nice. Right. But 
then like yeah right. of course kate has to get the baby and she has to bring it to safety mm-hmm. and then when kate has to leave she of course has to give it to son because son is the only other like speaking part woman around yes. i thought that was that was really right annoying. also yeah. can i say I'm something about that baby now yes. being yes. a baby aficionado as i am <laughs> yes. i like i know this is a little bit later but when she said that baby was five weeks old like that is crazy. That uh-huh. baby is eight months. That, yeah, that is so not true. Well, I think like at least it's <laughs> insane. I think that's the point, right? Is that <laughs> I mean, like well, maybe that baby is definitely older than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know how long yeah. how old Aaron is supposed to be in island time. Like two months. Yeah, I don't know, but but that was really funny because it's a massive yeah. baby. It was like the biggest. Baby yeah, like somebody <laughs> finds another baby aficionado in the in the crowd is like. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. That that doesn't check out. <laughs> I'm looking straight at that baby, and I don't think so. Yeah, well, bad continuity on that baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But I did also want to say that, like, the fact that like Sawyer is like carrying this baby, and he's like, you know, trying his best. Doesn't look very comfortable for the baby, but he <laughs> he's trying. And um, you know, the fact that Sawyer sort of like, you know, uh, and we know this. I can say this is that he is a father. Um, he's never met his daughter, but uh, and he sort of like abandoned her, kind of. But like, so the fact that he's holding this baby is, I don't know, very reminiscent of that and, like, sort of telling that he was willing to... Oh, that's true. I mean, he didn't really have a choice, but w- that the fact that he was able to, you know, pick up this baby and and go, especially, like, when Kate was, like, they had, like, sort of a pregnancy scare and he was like, phew, I don't want a baby! And so the fact that he, he picked up this baby and took responsibility for it was, like, a lot for him, I feel like, and I thought it was good. I agree, and I think a lot of people at the time, the fandom, all the ship wars, and all the people, like, anytime you saw any, like, Sawyer with a baby, like, Kate and Sawyer with Mm -hmm. a baby, like, Jack with a baby, like, everybody was like, ah! Yeah. So so I think this moment was particularly, like, I remember seeing a lot of screenshots from the scene of just people being Mm -hmm. excited about the presence of a baby. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's very cool, like, the difference between watching a show where the characters are mainly adults and then watching shows like The 100 and uh, Riverdale where the main characters are all teens, you know? And so it's like babies are not really as uh, as much part of it. I mean, they have been in the past, but like, it's just cool to hear about a, like, a show where the characters are adults like seeing a baby is less of a oh crap and more of a mm-hmm. oh my gosh what does this mean in like a good way you know yeah yeah so sawyer is like who are you talking to and jack goes oh my gosh where's claire and sawyer goes we lost her but phrasing dude phrasing <laughs> yeah phrasing dude are you kidding everyone's like oh my god she's dead and he's like i don't know she left in the middle of the night we looked for her all last episode it was so stupid like i'm sorry i'm gonna keep stopping like interrupting you every time you sure. talk but this was the one thing that i also wanted to just say that that i really ah it annoys me so much in these shows where mm. they don't take the time to sit down and have an emotional reaction to things because they just need to keep mm. the plot moving. And this is like, this is such, again, right. not to bring it back to, but I feel like the 100, like, made a lot of the same mistakes as Lost. And really, like, Game of mm. Thrones did it as well. Like, a lot of these shows in the later seasons, so many moving parts. They're so excited to just move chess pieces around the board all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's, the thing is like this. Mm. It's like a prime example. It's like, you have someone, you know this person. You don't know she's your sister, but you do know her. <laughs> you delivered her baby. Yeah. Someone right. is like, oh, yeah, she wandered yeah. off into the jungle. You would be like, okay, what well, what did she say before she yeah. goes? Like, was she feeling, mm-hmm. like, is was she okay? Right. Like, should we, like, abandon this whatever? I'm going to go look for Claire. Let's, like, take this seriously. We have a little baby. He's probably hungry. Like, all of these, like, nothing. 
they were just like oh yeah she wandered off into the night like oh okay like let's keep moving I guess like I just yeah and really annoys me uh when they do this and they do this a lot yeah Mm -hmm. I think that like if this hadn't been a finale episode, they probably would have taken a moment. But I do completely yeah. agree that the finale would have been made a little bit better if we had had a little bit of a moment here. Yeah, it's just it is just like when they just yeah. brush over these moments that could be emotionally significant because they need to do the next plot turn. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's just yeah. I, I, I and don't like, know. And it's like if you can't make time to do that in a three part finale, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you have a little too much going on. Good point. Yeah, that is fair. Yeah. And I do also think, like, to their credit, a a lesser show would have had Sawyer be like, I'm a big dummy, and say, we lost her. And then for the rest of the finale, everyone would be like, Claire's dead. You know, like, at least... True, 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 true. In this same scene that he's like, let me clarify, she's not dead. You know, I do think that a lesser show would have been like, everyone needs to know now that Claire is dead, and that's why we don't look or talk about her at all for a full season, you Mm -hmm. know? Or just kept it, like, really cryptic or something, like... Yeah, yeah. She's gone. Yeah. Yeah. She's gone. Yeah. Or just a dramatic stare between him and Miles. Yeah. (laughs) Where's where's Claire? Silence. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, um, what, did you kill her and steal her baby? Like, Yeah, you're right. It could have been worse, for sure. Yeah, yes. The less you know, the better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You can't handle the truth. So she she left in the middle of the night. We looked for her all last episode. We don't know. So they're like, did she go back to the beach? No. And Sawyer's like, well, what are you guys up to? He's like, can I do something that's not holding this baby? And um, uh, Jack says, Saeed was in the chopper and he threw this to us. And Sawyer's like, well, I hope it's not Saeed because the people who were on that helicopter blew up half of New Otherton. New Otherton. I love his little nicknames for it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a little Easter egg because that's what the producers call Dharmaville. You know, they call it the barracks, Dharmaville, New Otherton. Like they have lots of different names for it, but the producers specifically call it New Otherton, which is cute. That's great. So Kate says, did they try to kill you? And Sawyer's like, yeah, exactly like Locke said. And, you know, Jack and Sawyer start arguing about their plans because Jack is like, how dare you say that Locke was right? about anything so kate tells him to stop fighting because that's her job and jack says i put saeed and desmond on the helicopter and it's my responsibility what happens to them and i was like excuse me okay they're grown men i was like uh right and it had nothing to do with them wanting to go and choosing to go that was all you uh okay (laughs) sure Sure. whatever jack i mean he's just trying to be helpful (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure but he's also like i don't want to sit around with an ouchie on my tummy. True. I got stuff to do. So he's he's like, I'm going to go whether or not they're there. So you guys go back. And Kate's like, no. Jack tells her to go take care of the baby, of course. And Sawyer goes after Jack and says, you don't get to die alone. Which, of course, is like, so if you don't get to die alone, what do you get to do? Live together. Live together. <laughs> cute. Cute for them. I love them. I do love that, but also just reiterating the point, there was absolutely zero reason why Sawyer just didn't keep the baby and Kate went with Jack. Yeah. Like, there was no reason to pass the baby on at that point, except it was a woman. I think the only, like, reason why I can think of, and it's, like, not a good excuse, but, like, it sucks that the excuse was give her the baby, but if they wanted Sawyer and Jack to be together and Kate and Saeed to be together, that's how they got Kate and Saeed together. Well, yeah, yeah, true. Like, plot, there was a plot, like... By the end of the episode, but, yeah. Yeah, but not, like, a character reason. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. Yeah, for sure. 
So Saeed finally gets to the beach on his little boat and the Trek music continues. Always love when they use the Trek music. Mm-hmm. Sun asks where Desmond is and Saeed says he's still on the freighter. I got to start taking people back six at a time. So we got to go before the helicopter gets back. Juliet asks why and Saeed says because the men on it want to kill everybody. And Juliet's like, well, that sucks because, <laughs> because <laughs> Jack and Kate are on their way after it. So that's really upsetting for us. And they're all like, do and they hit their palms to their heads Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they're like not again another thing that would have been fixed if we could just text each other (laughs) this entire show not again would have been done in like two episodes (laughs) if they could could just text exactly although as we saw in the wilds that also didn't really help having phones you know you got me there (laughs) yeah so Saeed wants to run after Jack and Dan says, hey, you can do that if you want, but we really do need to start getting people back to the boat. And Saeed's like, oh, it's okay. I'm not going to be very long. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think so. Um, (laughs) I don't think so. So Dan is going to start taking people and most of them is going to be on the boat by the time that Saeed gets back. So Saeed agrees to this and they start getting people on the boat. And Juliet insists that Sun be on the first trip because she's pregnant, which is awesome. And Kate gets back with Aaron. She says, Saeed, what the heck? Weren't you on the copter? And Saeed says, deeply no. (laughs) Deeply no, I was not on the helicopter. And I'm going to go after them to try and help them. It's so funny. Yeah. It's it's just like, it's so, it's so comical. It's almost comical. Like the, the, like the way that this (laughs) episode is written and acted it's extremely comical and edited it's like it's bordering mm-hmm. on comedy how they're like oh mm-hmm. but oh yeah i thought you were here but now they're there <laughs> yeah. but now these people are over there it's very like and now you're here <laughs> no communication <laughs> it's absolutely who's on first shenanigans like like you know I love it. If someone had acknowledged it, that would have been, that would have made up for a lot. I think if someone had just said, this is insane, how we keep like running like away yeah. from each other. <laughs> no one's going to point yeah. this out. <laughs> yeah. uh, so Saeed's so like, I'm going to go after him. And Kate says, I saw him an hour ago with Sawyer. Let me go with you so I can track them. And she gives the baby to Sun. Sun says, where's Claire? Kate just doesn't answer and just tells her to take the baby to the boat. Yes. (laughs) Now it's bad. Now it's like that thing you just said wasn't as bad. Sun's like, okay. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So the boat heads out and Dan waves goodbye to Charlotte. It's cute. And Jin tells Sun that he's keeping his promise of getting her off the island. Soft. Aw. Hmm. Except he had nothing to do with it. It was Juliet. (laughs) True. Right. Exactly. He's like, it was me. You're welcome. Exactly. This is really convenient that these all, these pieces all came together. And he like threatened Charlotte. He was like, make sure Sun gets off the island. And Charlotte was like, I didn't even have to do anything. (laughs) Score. So after a while, Faraday gets to the freighter and Desmond starts helping people up. Desmond asks where Saeed is because half of the lines in this episode are (laughs) where is blank. Yep. Faraday says he went after Jack. Desmond checks to make sure that Sun is okay, which is nice. And Faraday starts to head back for more. And Desmond and Faraday sort of wave at each other. This wave to me, extremely loaded because Desmond and Faraday are seeing each other face to face for the first time since the constant. And they are like so connected. Oh my God. Yeah. I thought that too. So like this wave between them, very loaded, Mm -hmm. very loaded for me. (laughs) It would have been great if, again, they had been some like emotional dialogue of like, hey, man, how how have you been? (laughs) How Mm -hmm. how are Yeah, exactly. How how is the present? Um, But at least they had a wave. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that was an actor choice. Ooh, I would love that. I would love to think that it is. Yeah. And they were like, you know, it's crazy that 
like we see each other for the first time in ages and there's no dialogue between us and they're like you know <laughs> yeah, what right. Gonna... yeah right right exactly yeah they're like maybe we should add a little something here this wave will mean yeah. everything yes and it did yes so michael tells desmond that he fixed the engine and so hendrix can go try it now we see hendrix in this next scene uh who i assume is we've never seen or heard of him before now i don't think but i assume he's like the first mate who like took over after galt died that's what i if i had to guess kind of thought yeah yeah and then sun and Jin sort of have that like oh my gosh moment seeing michael because you forget that only desmond and saeed really knew about that and also the people that ben told in Locke's crew so sun and Jin did not know that mm-hmm. this was my favorite part of the episode so it's very cool seeing the yeah yeah seeing the like shock on their faces yeah i love this i and and this was like at least they gave space for this you know like all the emotional yeah. impacts yeah. that were missing this this they spent a few minutes on and i really enjoyed that yeah oh my yeah. god that would have been nuts if they just showed yeah. that shot and then else yeah yeah oh yeah that'd be crazy (laughs) sorry we gotta talk more about this so desmond goes to tell hendrix to try it and it does work the engine but he can't see the reef because there's interference on one of the instruments and something on the boat is broadcasting so he can't get any closer than five miles from the coast or he might hit the reef and take like the whole freighter down and so desmond goes to figure it out i sort of every time i watch this expect it and i think it's like something that a lesser show or a character with less sense would do i sort of expect desmond to be like yes you will you will get closer to the island you will you know and like have a gun to this guy's head like get closer to the island but desmond is like no this guy knows what he's talking about we don't want to ruin the entire freighter we're okay we will just work with that and i will fix it for you like i just feel like a stupider character would have tried to force this guy to do that Mm -hmm. yeah that's a good point you know so uh back in the jungle uh sawyer inquires about jack's owie and (laughs) jack goes yeah julia took out my appendix and sawyer goes oh okay Hmm. (laughs) appropriate reaction cool yeah, but isn't it that that's like the the only reason that they can like react to things in like because so much happens that they're just like oh okay sure another thing like just pack <laughs> yeah yeah there, there's no space exactly. in my head for anymore exactly so you're just like my life is so weird that I'm just gonna have to accept that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah sure yeah so they make it to the helicopter and Lapidus is handcuffed to it so he can't run away which is like so scary but like makes total sense because. Kimi knows that Lapidus doesn't want to help him and doesn't want to do this. Mm -hmm. And he can't fly the helicopter by himself, Mm -hmm. you know? So, like, I... I think it totally tracks that he's like a dog that they've leashed up because they need him to do something, you know? Let my man go. Poor guy. He's like, this is really uncomfortable. So Jack calls for him by name and Sawyer says, you know this Yahoo? (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, Sawyer, you met him like yesterday. (laughs) You met him like yesterday. But I guess he means like Jack knows this Yahoo on a name, on a first name basis or like, I think, wait, did he call him Frank or Lapidus? I can't remember. Mr. Yahoo to you. Yeah, Mr. Yahoo. He said Lapidus, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. So, but, but like he knows him by name, so I guess that's what Sawyer means. And Lapidus says, "Hey, this Yahoo dropped the phone so that you could rescue me, and that so I can rescue you." So I love him. Maybe stop with the judgments. I love him. <laughs> this Yahoo saved your ass two episodes ago. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that moment. Ugh, he's the best. 
The Yahoo comment is a reference to Gulliver's Travels. It is published by Jonathan Swift in 1726. The Yahoos are vile and savage creatures, filthy with unpleasant habits. They're primitive creatures that represent the distasteful materialism and ignorant elitism Swift encountered in Britain. Hence the term <laughs> Yahoos become synonymous with Cretan, dinosaur, and or Neanderthal. Oh my god. So I that was deeper than I thought it was. Didn't know there was like such a rich history of yahoo i was just I thinking know. of chocolate milk i was thinking yeah, of oh the search engine <laughs> right <Yeah. laughs> so they get the toolbox to try and find something to break the handcuffs and uh they're like go do that sawyer and he's like oh okay is there anything else i can get for you <laughs> yeah i love that <laughs> now that i am your servant <laughs> yeah so jack asks where desmond and saeed are because you know we have to do this over and over this episode yeah. <laughs> and lapita says well, where everyone is. that he they were smart enough to stay on the boat and i'm like bad news about saeed who is not at all on the boat <laughs> <laughs> so lapita says that's the safest place to be right now because you want to be really far away when those guys come back jack asks where did they go some greenhouse waiting for linus and jack says and as soon as you're free from here you can fly and he says yep and sawyer says wait what's gonna happen to the people who are with ben and lapita goes probably bad stuff and Sawyer goes, we can't go just yet because Hurley's there. But he calls him Hugo, which is cute. I love that. He calls him Hugo. Oh, it was amazing. I love that. We're Desmond and Saeed. Your buddies were smart enough to keep their asses on the boat because right now that's the safest place to be. Because when the boys that I brought over here come stomping out of this jungle, you're going to want to be long gone. Where'd they go? They're up by some greenhouse perched up there waiting to snatch Linus. So once we cut you free, you'll be able to fly us out of here? Hell yeah. Hang on, Shaggy. You said the hit squad's gonna grab Ben Linus. Well, I don't see what's gonna stop him. What are they gonna do with the people that are with him? Nothing good. Hugo's with Ben. <sighs> Son of a bitch. And they're both like, damn it, like... <sighs> I just love it so much. And like, this is like the lowest bar ever. But like, you know, the fact that they aren't just like, okay, we'll deal with that later. Mm. And just go is really meaningful. The fact that they're like, we can, we have to. I think they would have if it was just Locke and Ben. A hundred percent. A hundred billion percent. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Hugo. So back on the freighter, Sun asks Michael how he got back to New York. And Michael explains that he took Ben's boat and then they followed the bearing. They came to an island in a couple of days. Uh, the island had people on it. So they sold the boat, took a cargo ferry to the US and they just didn't tell anybody anything. Sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a more, much more strenuous trip than he leads on. Right. To explain. So Sun goes, okay, so now you work for Ben. And Michael's like, I wish people would stop saying that. No, I don't work for Ben. I'm trying to fix what I did because I want to help everybody. I want to, to make up for the mistakes that I made. And so he asks her to translate for Jin because Michael loves Jin and he feels it's like so important for Jin to hear what he's saying and like understand what he's saying. But Jin understands himself, which of course Michael is like, nice, impressed, good job. <laughs> I don't understand. How'd she get back to New York? Oh, Walt and I, uh, uh, we took Ben's boat and we followed his bearing. A couple of days we came to an island, you know, with people. I sold the boat, we hopped the cargo ferry back to the States. Didn't tell anybody who we were. And now you're working for Ben. I do not work for Ben. I'm trying to make up for what I did. I'm 
trying to help you out here. Translate what I said? I understand. You took some Duolingo classes on the island. Someone's hooked on phonics. <laughs> and so Desmond calls for Michael and all of them go. Desmond found what is like broadcasting or whatever. It is a room filled with C4 explosives. Super chill. Yoo-hoo! Great. Yahoo! Yahoo! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so Jin tells Sun to get out. Uh, he tells her in Korean to take the baby upstairs and wait. Classic. And yeah. Because yeah. that's going to help if the bomb goes off. Yeah. I guess, sorry that yeah. I said that word. Get um, upstairs. As soon as it's just be like a little bit of a distance away, you'll be fine. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The C4 can't get to the upstairs part. Yeah. It's only like a tiny, tiny squash. squash. What did you call it? A squash? Uh, oh, uh. A schwack. A schwack? A schwack, yeah. A schwack of C4. Yeah. Just a little schwack. Yeah. Schwack a C4, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so I, I also do feel like, in her own right, like, Saeed, or Sun should be allowed to be down there and, like, help. She's so smart. Like, yeah. she should be allowed to come and help, like, try and figure out this. And, like, I get that she's, like, holding a baby, you know? Then maybe the baby shouldn't be down there, but, like... Yeah, give the baby to one of the damn. men. Oh, wait, she can't. They're men. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like... Out of all of these men, who is the least helpful? I think it's Desmond. In this moment, <laughs> Wait, yes. Yeah. I think it's Desmond. Because it's mm. also, like, Desmond knows a lot of things about boats, and so does Jin. But Jin's been in the... Oh, never mind. Desmond's also been in the military. But he wasn't very good at it. Right. He, like, did leave dishonorably. Yeah. Anyway, I think Sun should be down here. I don't know. Agreed. <laughs> I just think she should. Sun should be with the bombs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So Kate and Saeed are in the jungle and they're like, wait, uh, we've got a weird vibe here. Something is weird. And Kate says that the footprints that she's following aren't Jack or Sawyer. So, and it looks like somebody's doubling back behind us. So Saeed calls for them to come out. It's so funny that you can tell. <laughs> it is so funny. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's so made up. Yeah. It's like that one time when she was like, yeah, this was from half an hour ago. I, I know. Like, what? <laughs> sure. You know this. So Saeed calls for whoever it is to come out and Richard shows up and he's like, hey, it's me, Richard. It's okay. <laughs> Calm down. Have they met? They ha- Have they met Richard? They haven't, right? Um, I'm actually not sure if Kate and Saeed I don't, have met Richard. I don't think so. I think. I don't think so either. Only Mark? at this point yes yeah i think that's true i don't think anyone else has met richard i think this Mm. is the first time meeting richard so he asks them to please drop their guns and they're not really interested in that uh concept but a bunch of others emerge but he's being so nice about it yeah right he's such a nice guy (laughs) and nobody got knocked out like i was waiting for one of them to get i i think they were as well did you notice the look on their faces like kate was definitely expecting like a a, a gun to the temple yeah and nothing like there was no knockout i thought that was nice a nice change yeah yeah, exactly. Yeah. Richard, Richard's such a nice guy. Yeah. This guy, this guy, Richard. Yeah. But then a bunch of others emerge and they're surrounded. On Lostpedia, it was pointed out that this is the first time the others, besides Juliet and Ben and Harper, uh, so this is the first time the others and Richard are seen in the present since Through the Looking Glass Part 1. Wow. So we haven't seen them in the present other than Ben, Juliet, and Harper, who was literally in one episode, since the finale of season three. Wow. So we haven't seen them all season, which is crazy. That is crazy. The last thing that we have for this is just like a montage where we see Sun on the freighter with Aaron and Jack and Sawyer leaving the helicopter and Saeed and Kate with the others. And yeah, like I said, it was purposeful. Uh, They specifically... Um, scattered the oceanic six to the winds so that you can wonder how they find themselves together by the end of the season. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything else you guys wanted to mention about the island before we go into flashbacks? Or, sorry, flash forwards? Ooh. Oh, no. Uh, I wish there was more Juliet. Thanks. All right. So fair. Thank yeah, you. I guess, right? Yeah, she's only in that one scene, right? And she's definitely not in the flashes, so. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll manifest more Juliet for next episode. Yeah, I'm going to do that. So before we go into the flashes, I would love to really quickly talk to you guys about Patreon. It's a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. Uh, our Patreon is called patreon.com slash theafficionados. Um, we have some really cool stuff over there. The $1 level, you get early access to every single podcast. This one comes out a whole week in advance. I feel like a whole week for $1? I don't know. It seems pretty worth it to me. Oh, that's a pretty great deal right? The $2 level is access to our Discord server where I honestly post them a couple days even earlier than Patreon or than the early access tier gets it. So uh, there you go. And uh, also have some cool conversations. The $5 level is 10% off at three different small businesses. That's mine and former co-host Brittany's and Casey's small business that are all in the description. Uh, And the $10 level is our Patreon only podcast that we post uh, all the time. And if you feel like $10 a month is a lot, just remember that you get over 60 episodes of backlog to listen to um, if you join right now. There's also more above that, but uh, we don't have anything to offer those people. Uh, We just say, hey, thanks. What do you talk about on your Patreon-only podcast? Hey, what a great question, Selena. Thanks. I didn't get paid to say that. Uh, So we... We we start with a segment called This Week in Van Fam. Um, I'm not uh, technically Van Fam anymore, but I used to be Van Fam. You're a founding member. And so... Yeah. Yes. Uh, so Brittany, Sam, and I just talk about what has happened to us for the past two weeks since we last uh, recorded. And sometimes when big things happen, the whole episode is This Week in Van Fam just talking about our lives. Uh, we also talk about... Uh, Casey, what are some of your favorite episodes of Oakley? Because I can't think of them. It's called Okay, Love You, Hi. We call it Oakley for short. Um, Casey, you... Talk. I really love the episodes where you guys talk about Disney like uh any Disney related episode I love I love hearing like how you guys like hypothetical situations and what you guys would um do in those situations such as if you had an indefinite amount of money like what is your ideal Disney trip yeah I loved hearing about Sam going to the Eras tour uh-huh what else do you guys talk about you talk about... We did, like, some brackets at some point. Like, who's the best Stranger yeah. Things character? Or, like, who... I mean, so we did, like, a March Madness bracket. Oh, that's fun. I um, love hearing about, like, uh, yeah. the shows that you guys don't podcast about. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. always love to hear Brittany and Sam talk about Star Trek, you know? So... Yeah. Yeah, oh, cool. And then we also do, uh, like, drafts sometimes, too. So we drafted our favorite Taylor Swift albums and our favorite Taylor Swift songs, me and Sam did. Okay. And, yeah, it's pretty cool. And, like, uh, what characters would smell like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and cons. We talked about cons recently, conve- going to conventions mm-hmm. and our favorite conventions that we've been to. Yeah, so, yeah, oh, lots fun. of stuff. Yeah. It yeah. just feels like fun. talking to my friends for 45 minutes. Except, um, yeah, I'm talking at them and they can't hear me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, okay. Exactly. It feels like that, too. But for me, um, they are listening to me and I'm talking. And then I can talk to them, which is nice for me. That's nice. Specifically. <laughs> so yeah, uh, please check out our Patreon. Um, if that's not your thing, uh, we have three different small businesses that you can find in the description. That's another cool way to support us and then get something awesome in the mail. And if not that, just recommend us to a friend because that is free and we'd really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. So now we're going into these meaty, meaty flash forwards and uh, Casey is going to do the summary. Not a meaty flash forward. (laughs) They are though. (laughs) 
They are quite meaty. I love the flash forwards in the finale of this. Like, it, like I always love whatever they do in the finale, but the, the flash forwards in the season four finale in particular are so good. I love them. Yeah, agreed, agreed. The episode opens on a military aircraft piloted by two men, one of which is holding tight to a lucky rabbit's foot because he's not taking any chances with the cargo they're carrying. As they come <laughs> in for a landing, a woman heads to the back of the plane where we see Jack, Son, Hurley, Saeed, Kate, and Aaron, aka the Oceanic Six. The woman and Oceanic Airlines representative named Karen Decker tells everyone they'll be landing at a military base near Honolulu where their families are waiting for them. And she assures them they don't need to speak to the press. After she leaves, Jack tells everyone to stick to their story and stay quiet. The plane lands and everyone shares an emotional reunion with their loved ones. Well, all except Kate and Saeed who have no one to greet them. We next see the Oceanic Six at a press conference where Karen Decker explains what happened to Oceanic Flight 815 and how the six survived. As a Q&A begins, it's clear the press still has a lot of unanswered questions about what really happened. Afterward, Karen tells Saeed there's a woman outside claiming to know him. It's Nadia. The two tearfully Aww. reunite. A few months later, Sun visits her father at Pack Industries. He fiends interest in Sun in her pregnancy before Sun tells him to cut the crap, saying he hated Jin and is one of the two people responsible for his death. She reveals she's used her settlement money from Oceanic Airlines to buy a controlling interest in his company and will be taking Pack Industries in a new direction after her baby arrives. Hell yeah. It's so Hell yeah. good. It's so good. <laughs> Love that scene. Next, we see Hurley entering his home, which is suspiciously quiet. He thinks perhaps someone's broken in, but as he opens the back door, all his family and friends greet him with a slightly tone-deaf, island-themed surprise birthday party. <laughs> Hurley's dad takes Hurley to show him his birthday present, which is the restored Camaro the two had worked on together. The two get inside when Hurley notices that the odometer reads the lottery numbers. He lashes out at his father before getting out of the car and taking off down the street. Lastly, Jack is finally able to accomplish what he set out to do 10 months ago and holds a memorial service for his late father. He delivers a touching eulogy and as he's saying his goodbyes is approached by Carol Littleton. Jack does not know who she is and asks how she knew his father and she reveals that she and Christian had a daughter, Claire, who was also on Jack's plane. As she leaves, she tells Kate that she has a beautiful son, unaware that the child is actually her Ugh. grandson. Oh, crazy. Oh, man. Yeah, I love this. Oh, so good. So, okay. So we've got these pilots on a flight and one of the pilots is super nervous and he has a rabbit's foot, which is, you know, of course, the concept of luck. And uh, what's very cool is that we also see a very similar rabbit's foot on the keys of the Camaro that Hurley has as well. Mm -hmm. So the pilot goes, dude, you're freaking me out. And the other pilot goes, dude, the vibes are so bad back there. (laughs) He's so real for that. It's all I can do. Like, at least give me this one thing. And so uh, Ms. Decker is also there for Oceanic Airlines and she is going to go and tell them that they're landing. So then that's when we get the reveal that it's the Oceanic 6 back there. And yeah, Casey, you're right. It's a military plane and they're going to a military base. So this makes total sense. But I was like, this seems so uncomfortable. Like, damn, get them a passenger plane or something. Right? But I also get why that would look like way too much like the real plane and be triggering and mm. also like oh, would sure. look ridiculous to like the um to the audience even too like i get why that didn't happen but if i was them i'd be like can i sit somewhere more comfortable please right get me an actual like seat i thought that first yeah. of all I, I love that they're actually going to hawaii like i, I feel like the show every time they could like, yes. authentically go to hawaii it was always fun but yeah. also what the name of the actress she's been in a lot of stuff like she was in Battlestar yeah. as well this was not her finest acting like i feel like some actors oh. it's like acting drunk 
It's like if you have to act like、uh. you're speaking over something, like acting, like dancing to music that isn't there. Like she clearly had to like、right. <laughs> pretend like there was a lot of noise and there wasn't. That's so、uh. true. And her like loud、uh-huh. acting is terrible. God, that's so <laughs>、yes. funny. She's like, I'm just gonna tell you, landing. Like, it's awful. <laughs> But、she's a good actor. I could、yeah. not. I like that distracted me so much. That's so fair. <laughs> I didn't even think about that, but now I'm gonna think about it every time I watch it. Yeah. Speaking of her,、um, I think she was in Mockingjay, and、uh, yeah, she was as well. Oh,、yeah. I, I like had watched a clip or something recently, and I was like, I know that lady. Where do I know that lady from? And then I did my notes for this, and I was like, There's the lady. Yeah. I know this lady. Yeah, but she had a she had a really big role in like one of the Battlestar miniseries. Oh yeah, like, specials like something like she was a captain of something I think, and she was really good. So this is just yeah, yeah. disappointing. So <laughs> from her. not her finest moment. No. <laughs> what did you What did you guys think about her like news press conference lady acting? Did you think that was better? It was fine.、Uh- It was. It, I don't know. It's、mm-hmm. not. It's, it's. I don't know. I feel like she should have. She, she's. She's better than that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. So on Lostpedia,、uh, it said the Oceanic Six were aboard a United States Coast Guard Lockheed. Oh my God! It's Raul Lauren. <laughs> I feel like an idiot. Yeah. I'm looking. <laughs> I'm. Looking up the thing she's been, I'm so dumb. I'm like, God, she looks so familiar. She's a huge, like she's done so much stuff. Like this, I don't know if she plays a bigger role later in the show. I feel like they really, like they wasted her. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Oh, I feel like an idiot now. <laughs> now I feel like I gotta go look. Hold on. You, you, you know her from、oh、so many things. Oh, I'm, ju- I'm just. Dumb, I think. Like, wow, this girl looks a lot like the girl who plays Roe in Star Trek. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. That's how. That's that's why she was in Battlestar as well because she was like a Star Trek <gasps> person. Yeah. Well,、mm. thank God for IMDb. Yep. No kidding. All right, I'll find this eventually. But okay, so they were on a Lockheed HC-130 search and rescue transport aircraft, being flown by two U.S. Coast Guard lieutenants. And a special thanks is given to the United States Coast Guard in the end credits of the episode. So they got like I don't know. I guess oh special like special permission to use this aircraft in particular or something like that. I guess.、Mm. Which is pretty cool. Very authentic. She like is. Waking up, Jack. Jack like genuinely got some sleep, and I was like, "Must be nice."、Yeah. First of all, I wish I could sleep on planes, but also like everyone else is like, "I am so stressed. I am in shock." And Jack is like, "Honk shoe, I'm sleeping." <laughs> yeah, that was nice. Like like sun, like her um her her like loud acting isn't the best either, but her line、right. like.、Uh, We are in shock, Jack. It was like that was very yeah. Like, of course you like you've been、yeah. in shock for like months. Yeah, for sure. And Jack is just like business as usual. Yeah, he's like, what? I'm <laughs> sleeping. I'm fine. I'm taking a little nap. So、uh, Decker explains that they're going to a military facility west of Honolulu, and I'm like, ah, yes, where you film.、Uh, very <laughs> fun for them to get to be. They don't have to change anything. You know, they're like, this is genuinely where we are. We are authentic here with this production design. Yes. So she says, "Totally private. Your families are here. There are lots of press, but you don't have to talk to them." And Jack is like, "Oh no, we want to talk to them because we have something to say." <laughs> oh my god, Jack! And she like checks with everyone else to like see is everyone else okay to talk to the press, and no one answers. So she's like, 
okay, so we're good. And Jack is like, yeah, we agreed. We just want to get it over with. So she says, okay, they are calling you the Oceanic Six. Like we don't love it advertising wise, but it is cute. (laughs) So I guess it's fine. I think it's as good as you're going to get advertising wise. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. They're like, well, yeah. I mean, you know, we know about Oceanic, but the reason why they're the Oceanic Six is because one of our planes went down, which isn't great. (laughs) So he said, okay, everybody. So she leaves and he's like, all right, everybody. So we agreed on the story. This is all very interesting because like we have seen, you know, us talk all season about how they've been lying and everything, but we don't totally know exactly what the lie is until this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he says, if you're not sure how to answer a question or you don't want to answer the question, just don't. And they'll just think we're in shock. And I'm a doctor. So I know what that means. (laughs) And I know what it looks like. And son goes, we are in shock. And he's like, oh, great. Yeah. Then it'll be believable. (laughs) Oh, right. That's what I meant. (laughs) Totally what I was going for. (laughs) Oh, Perfect. Great. Yeah. Keep doing that, son. I just, I love this so much. It, I absolutely love how they give us so much stuff this season about what happens after this and then end the season with the very first flash forwards mm. that are like giving mm. us so many things that we were wondering about. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. So the plane touches down and they go outside. This is maybe a stretch, but on Lostpedia, it said the Oceanic Six arrive on a plane with the numbers 1717 on the side. And if you add up one plus seven plus one plus seven is 16. Sure. I'll take it. That's maybe a stretch. Sure. I'll take it. But I'll take it. So yeah, luckily for them, they can actually show the uh, Honolulu skyline here, which is great. And Hurley is greeted by Carmen and David, his parents. Son is greeted by her parents. And she's like, not as happy to see them as Hurley is. <laughs> and Jack hugs Margot. Poor Margot. She straight up thought she lost her husband and her son in like one go, which is like so sad for her. It must be like so emotional for her to see her son here. Did you notice? Mm -hmm. Especially since she sent Jack. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true as well. Did you notice though? I didn't like, maybe I never realized this until like yesterday when I watched this episode, how much Margot and Kate look alike. Oh my God. Ah, interesting. Like it was insane. I thought it was because I forgot who she was. I thought it was Kate's mother. So I was like, oh my God, Kate's mother came together. And then she went and kissed. They do look a lot alike. Jack and I was like, hold on a second. (laughs) So yeah. So yeah. yeah. I I did have a feeling for Jack in this scene. No one look at me. No one look at me. I did have one single feeling for Jack. But it is so sweet because you can see, like, mm-hmm. there's no music. And, like, it's a classic no sound only music scene. Like, damn, this show does them so, so well. But Giacchino's music is always so beautiful mm-hmm. in these scenes. Yeah. But it is so sweet because you can see that he mouths. And it's possible that he says, hi, mom. And he just opens his mouth after finishing his sentence. But I love to think that what he says is, hi, mama. Aww. And it makes him, like, it's it's like he's back to being a little kid who, like, missed his mom so much, you know? Yeah. yeah. It is possible that he said, hi, mom, and his mouth just opened at the end. But I like to think that he said, hi, mama. That's cute. Yeah, I'd like that. I'll accept that. I had one feeling for Jack. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's such a good moment. But, uh... And maybe this just isn't my thing and this just didn't happen to me, but who kisses their adult son on the mouth? I thought that. Okay, thank you. Too. <laughs> but I think. It, okay, thank you. Aren't they aren't they a little bit Italian or am I making that up? That's possible. I don't know. I don't think that's ever been actually said. I, um. Okay. Shepard is not an Italian name as far as I understand. No, I guess I, not. 
will just say that I have thoughts on this that pertain to my random award for the episode. So, oh, okay, perfect. Okay. This is all I'm going to say for now. Hmm, like intriguing. Yeah. <laughs> what could it possibly be? <laughs> I, but I mean, it's nothing excited. I'm just glad that someone else brought it up. If I, I, th- I thought that too, yeah, but I okay. thought I, I, I would allow it because, like, it's you know, she thought he was dead, and now she got him back, and like, if there was ever a moment yeah. when it was okay, it would be this moment. But I also thought, beside her looking like. I also think they look vaguely like they're the same age, like Jack and his mom. So I, it did seem a little weird. Uh, oh, sure. Yeah, they're a little too close in age. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she just she just aged too well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let me, I have to look this up now. I wouldn't be surprised if there's like 10 years different. What's his freaking name? Matthew Fox. Math. Matthew Fox is like 60 now. Matthew Fox is how old? Oh. He's 57. Yeah. So he was born in 1966 and her name is Veronica. She looks like a Veronica. Something. She does. Yeah, she does, doesn't she? Yeah. Hold on. Her name is, I gotta go to the other thing. Her name is Veronica Hamill and she is 79. Yeah, so 10 years. So 12 years. That's so funny. 79 minus. That always happens. 57. Yes. It's 12. Oh, wait. <laughs> no, wait, it's 22. 79 minus 57. It's a 22. It's 22. It's 22. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's not that bad. Yeah. She looks, so, she just looks great. Possible, though. but yeah, she just looks great. Yeah, she just looks really good. <laughs> yeah. I love how it's like so sure it's 12. <laughs> it's like a really yeah. wrong math. <laughs> I was like, hold on. Yeah, just wait. Let me ask the calculator. I know it. It's 12. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So yeah. So uh, she kisses her adult son in the mouth. Uh, moving on. So Saeed has no one. Um, so Hurley brings him over to meet his. Can parents. I quit? I'm so sorry. I I don't want to move on. Yes, from this of course. Just yet. Of <laughs> course, like, I on. can't move on from this. <laughs> I'm gonna keep you here all day. But just yeah. Hold on. I'm just. I just had a question. If if Carmen mm. had done this to Hugo, would it have been as weird? Interesting. You know. Because I don't no. think I don't think I would have questioned it if she had done it. I think it's because they, she's they're so You're completely right. affectionate, and it's it would have been like I would have been like, oh, cute. I think it would really align. You're with You're completely right. Her yeah. like very expressive. So it's like because they're so cold people. It's like. I think that's what it is. Right. I'm so I, like I'll move on oh, from it now. But, dude, but yeah, you're completely right. You're yeah. completely right because the only other time, first of all, we've seen Carmen loads of times before now, and mm-hmm. we've only seen Veronica or sorry, her name's Margot in the show. Her actor's name is Veronica. <laughs> Veronica. <laughs> we've only seen Margot in 105, and that was the only episode, and it was her being like, yeah. "Jack, it's your fault that Christian ran away. You have to go get him." Right. So we don't have that relationship yeah, with her. Totally. To be able to yeah. accept this. Yeah. No, you're totally right. I completely agree. I completely agree. So speaking of Carmen, uh, Hurley brings Saeed over to uh, meet his parents, which is very, very nice. And he doesn't bring Kate over, which is just, I did, right. did you guys think this as well? Like, why? Why not? Like, why leave her alone? <laughs> I think that the only reason is because, like, Saeed happened to walk closer to him than Kate. Sure. Like, she seems to have, like, sort of walked off. But I feel like if anyone was going to do... And then and then Hurley is, like, sort of in the zone of, like, introducing Saeed and so doesn't notice that Kate is by herself. I yeah. feel like this was on Jack. True. I feel like this was on Jack a little bit. True, true, true. true. I feel like Jack should have brought in Kate. Yeah. To meet his mom. Actually, you're right. Um, which she obviously does later but yeah and Saeed is fully embraced by Hurley's parents yeah it's so it's so lovely it's very very sweet and then Kate and Aaron obviously stand alone and yeah great scene with that 
classic no sound only music lost thing. So good. The next time we see them, we are doing the Oceanic 6 press conference. And it was said on Lostpedia that this uh, press conference was most likely held in the like hangar bay of like the Coast Guard. Yeah, that's what I kind of thought. Which would make total sense to have it in Hawaii. Um, it's easier to get to for most international reporters, like the reporters from from Korea. Oh, yeah. Um, so that makes total sense to mm. me. Um, so Decker is showing maps regarding like where they crashed and where they floated to, um, including Membata, uh, which on Lastpedia it said is the name of the o- island Oceanic claimed the six lived on. This word, Membata, is Indonesian for doubt or uncertainty. Oh. Mm. Ooh. Is that a real island? I I feel like if it means doubt and uncertainty, that it is maybe not a real island. Mm, mm-hmm. But if I Google it, I will now I will know if it comes up as Lostpedia. Membata searching. The first result is Lostpedia. It is not a real island. <laughs> okay. So then they say that they found the remains of a fishing boat. Um, they're obviously saying that Aaron is Kate's son. And day 108 is uh, when they rafted to Sumba and were discovered. Sumba, I believe, is real. Okay. moment. Okay. Sumba. Sumba is an island in Indonesia. Sumba is real. Membata is not. Good to know. It said on Lostpedia, and this is very cool. This is a thing that I had mentioned in the spoiler section of the beginning of the end that I'm so excited to finally get to talk about. Uh, the Oceanic Six were rescued on day 108, which would be January 7th, 2005. One of the whispers that Hurley heard approaching Jacob's cabin in the beginning of the end, which is the first episode of this, this season, was a voice saying it's January 7th. Ooh. Wow. Wow. And January 7th is the day they were rescued. That's cool. Uh, this is why I love law. That's crazy. <laughs> Like mm-hmm. this, yeah. this is why that kind of thing. Yeah, it, it, it's insane. At the very beginning, they they gave it to us, kind of. I mean, if wow. you're really looking for it, but sure. Yeah. So then, uh, you know, she explains. Then they were transported to Honolulu, which we obviously just saw. Um, so then they start taking questions. This scene is crazy. So there is only a part of this scene that was that's in like the streaming versions. There's a part of it that's only on the DVD, and there then there's a part that was only in the live broadcast that I think I've never seen. Oh, whoa! Something like, you've never seen. Like, I think, um, like, I have no memory of it. Like, I can see it in my brain because Hurley says something in it that I'm like, yeah, I can totally see exactly how Hurley would say that, but I don't know if I've ever actually seen it. But yeah, it's crazy. They, like, really picked and choose. They really picked and choosed? What is the past sense past chose? tense of choose? Chose? Chose. <laughs> chose. They really picked and chose what questions they wanted where. Which is crazy because there's one question that's only on the DVD that I'm like, this needed to be in there. This needed to be in there. So it kills me that I don't think it's on the streaming versions of this. But I'm sorry, what so they take the questions. What was the question? Did you say? I, I I'm about to oh. uh I'll I'll go through it in, in just a okay, second here. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I've got like a whole order and I'm going to confuse myself if I get out of order. (laughs) So they say, what was it like when the plane hit the ocean? It is, it's interesting because for the most part, they're saying like, Jack, here's a question specifically about Jack. Kate, here's a question about specifically Kate. So it's weird that they're like, Jack, answer this generic question that could Mm. be for anybody. It was such a stupid question. But so they say... Yeah. Like as a as right. a former reporter. <laughs> like Right. <laughs> you have one question to ask the Oceanic Six. Oh, what was it like? It was bumpy, I guess. Yeah. Like he's like, um not a good question. Yeah, this is triggering. Why did you ask me this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he says, What was it like when the plane hit the ocean? Jack gives a basic answer that is fully false because the plane did not land on the water. But they're basically like saying that it did because they're trying to say, here's why the plane under the water that said that everyone is dead is real. Like they're trying to go yeah with it 
Yeah. You know, they're like, sure. And don't look for the plane wreckage on an island or anything. Do they know this? Because here's where it is and everyone's dead. Do they know? Like, cause, Do like, they cause know? That was the story of the, the plane landing. That was a fabrication by Whitmore, right? Or someone. Yes. Oh, so uh, do th- yes. I was trying not to say that, but I do think that we know that. Yeah, we totally yeah. know that, that was Whitmore who did that. Yeah. But so do Jack, like when they fabricated the story, if they didn't fabricate it with Oceanic 815, mm-hmm. I don't know. If, does it, my, my question make sense? Like, do they know that they need to validate the underwater thing? Like, how would they know that? Yeah. So they know about the underwater thing because Naomi. That's true. Landed last episode or last. Yes. Sorry about that. Yeah. Season and said, no worries. No worries. So, so Naomi said that this happened. And so they basically don't want anybody to go looking for the good, island good, good. and looking yeah. for their people. Yeah. And it's crazy because they had said everyone's dead. And so the fact that these six or sort of five passengers did, it's like an easier pill to swallow than being like that whole thing is wrong. Which is why like the bonus feature of A Conspiracy of Lies, which is like a fake documentary that they made after this season about why, you know, what they're saying is maybe not true is like my favorite bonus feature on that they've ever made for this show. And happy to announce that me and Casey are going to do like a little mini episode covering it because we love it so much in between seasons four and five. Oh, cool. It's so good. I don't think we've announced that yet, but so we are going to be doing a little, a little mini episode on a conspiracy of lies. So look forward to it. (laughs) But yeah, so Jack gives an answer that's fully false. And they ask if he swam to the island after that. And he said, no, they floated for over a day before we washed up on shore. And there were only eight of us left at that point. Okay, so this is the part that's only on the DVD to your question, Selena. This is the part that's only on the DVD. Absolutely kills me that this is not in the actual broadcast. I feel like everybody should see this. Everyone who's rewatching Lost, everyone who's watching for Lost for the first time. I don't think this is on the streaming version and that kills me. So they say, who were the other three survivors? Mm. And they give the three survivors. Oh, right. That were with them. Yeah. Boone Carlisle. Wow. They said he had internal injuries and died a few days after the crash. Which, to be fair, Boone did have internal injuries, and that is why he died, just not that quickly. Libby Smith didn't make it through the first week. That's all we get about it. And then Charlie Pace drowned a few weeks before we left. And, you know... I remember this. Charlie did drown. Drown. Yeah. I remember them saying this. That's true. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they, I I do wonder how they chose those three, but you do notice that they are all characters that they are 100% certain are dead. Are dead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. So that's like they're able to sort of like, I don't know, give that to their families or something, you know, that they like know for sure that those three people are dead. Libby... I think was definitely a choice that Hurley made that yeah. Charlie, Hurley wanted it to be Libby. And, uh, but it's in like Boone and Charlie are the other two that they choose. Wow. I remember, I wonder why they cut that. That, that yeah. would have been it. Wow. Kills me that this was only on the TV. This information yeah. feels so important and so mm-hmm. like character driven and important to me. I don't yeah. know. Like, I feel like we could have gotten rid of some of the other questions. Yeah. To save this one. I just feel like this question was so important. Yeah. We were in the water for over a day before the current took us in. By then, there was only eight of us left. What happened to the other three? One of them, his name is Boone Carlisle, suffered tremendous internal injuries and died a few days after the crash. A woman, Libby, she didn't make it through the first week. Charlie Pace... He, he drowned a few weeks before we were able to leave. Mr. Reyes, you were worth more than $150 million at the time of your death. 
How does it feel to know you're going to get all that money back? I don't want it back. Any of it. That money was bad luck. Konsara 씨, 섬에서 사망한 사람 중한 명이 당신의 남편이 맞습니까? Somebody translate that. She asked if my husband was one of the people who died on the island. The answer is no. He never made it off the plane. We could have gotten rid of the whole Hurley, co Hurley comment. Right. And instead... Yeah, it was so stupid. Ugh. Actually, interesting. Was that on the streaming version? Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's what they're saying is the original airing. The original airing, they said, huh. you look pretty healthy for being on a deserted island. And he goes, uh, okay, was that supposed to be about me? I And I said, I don't think I've even seen that little clip. So I must have done. It's not on my version of the episode, though. The one that I have from the DVD. Weird. But I, I mean, I guess. Yeah, but it is on the streaming version. It would have to be because it leads into that question about the money, which is kind of important. Right. Mm, true. Mm -hmm. Oh, sure. Yeah. True. But regarding the Boone, Libby, and Charlie thing, this is a a couple of things on Lostpedia about it. It said, on the enhanced version, Jack reveals that Boone, Libby, and Charlie are the other three uh, that died on the island in the cover-up story. These three characters are the only characters that have appeared in prominent visions of other characters after their demise. Boone appeared to Locke, Libby appeared to Michael, and Charlie appeared to Hurley. Huh. Boone, Libby, and Charlie were each a major death of the first, second, and third seasons, respectively. Boone, Libby, and Charlie were each the final main character to die in those respective seasons. And additionally, Jack's claims as to how Boone and Charlie died, internal injuries and drowning, is actually how they died, although under much different circumstances. Oh man, I love this scene. It's so cool. <laughs> so cool. So back to normal after the Hurley comment, uh, they say, Mr. Reyes, you were worth more than $150 million when you died. Um, are you excited to get the money back? And Hurley says, absolutely not. <laughs> no, the money was bad luck. I do not want the money. And, you know, David Reyes is sitting in there like, I know where you, <laughs> I know what you can do with the money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, a Korean reporter says to Sun in Korean, uh, Sun is one of the people who died on the island, your husband. People call for a translation and Sun translates accurately. Um, and she says, no, like she pauses. And there's this moment where your breath is like in your, like you're, you just hold your breath. And she says, no, he never made it off the plane. And like every time they lie, your heart drops a little bit, mm -hmm. you know? Mm. Oh. Also because you don't know at this point, like this was mm -hmm. one of the best questions to put in there because we don't know. Mm -hmm. Right. Right? We don't know Jim's right. Where is he? Wait at this point. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Lostpedia, it also said, despite not having any close-up shots at the press conference, both of Sun's parents were present and can be seen for a split second sitting next to Margot Shepard. So hmm. that mm -hmm. makes sense that this press conference happened very quickly after, after the former scene that we saw. Yeah. So also on the DVD, it said, Saeed, are you aware of what's going on in Iraq and will you return? Uh, Saeed says, there is nothing for me in Iraq. Oh, wow. They ask Jack's plans uh, now that he's home and Jack says he hasn't thought about it, but he would like to put uh, Christian to rest despite there not being a body. Um, did you guys see either of those? No. I don't remember those. Okay. Things. Okay. Those were just on the DVD then. And then back to normal. They ask Kate what it was like giving birth on the island. And she says that it was scary. They ask how old her son is. And she says he's a little over five weeks. Hilarious. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> the reporter says, so you would have been six months pregnant when you got on the plane in handcuffs? And Decker obviously stops them from asking about Kate's legal issues, but we got like a whole episode about Kate's legal is- issues earlier this season. So sure. that's fine. They ask if it's possible there are any other survivors and Saeed says, no, absolutely not. This scene is so cool. Mm -hmm. I love this scene. I love that they left this scene until the end of the season. Yeah. It's really smart. It's just so cool. So cool. Very cool. Like, Lost's whole thing is non-linear storytelling, and this, I feel like, is such a good example of non-linear storytelling that they do. Mwah! Chef's kiss. Love it. So as they're leaving, Jack tells Kate that she did a good job as they leave, and uh, Karen says, "Uh, Mr. Girard, there's a woman outside, but she wasn't on your family member's list, um, and gives Nadia's full name. So exciting. So Saeed runs outside to see her, and they reunite, and they kiss, and it's beautiful, but like, we already know know that she gets hit by a car and dies what were you gonna say i was just thinking about shane (laughs) oh about shannon yeah oh personally but it's still sweet i i did love this though it's it's very very like like it's so dumb because i i I did i forgot about like she died and like how stupid that was because i was gonna say like i was also so dumb into saeed and shannon i feel like that was a very unpopular ship at the time but i really i really liked shannon (laughs) as well but um Uh but i nadia and and saeed did have that like it was a it was i think a beautiful kind of story and especially how they reunited and it was so silly that she ended up dying like that Uh yeah insane yeah can you imagine being Saeed in that moment? Also, that like one police officer is just like standing there oh. as they kiss. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like turning his head, like, oh, we're not gonna see. <laughs> oh, privacy. But I love how like they were like considering kissing and then they didn't. That was like or like half. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Yeah, they like used the clip of her only kissing his upper lip, and I was like, I don't know, pick a different take, guys. Like maybe that's the one <laughs> yeah. that had the most emotion. Yeah, I don't know, but like I can't even remember if maybe there's like one singular tear that goes down her face when they do that or something but i was like i don't know it was an it was a little bit awkward (laughs) i mean it's been many years but yeah okay time to see sun love this so pregnant sun goes to the pock automotives 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 (laughs) office and her dad is like yelling at some dudes and it sounds like he was like robbed of some money or something there's a problem with the banks there's this theory on the theory page that I really like, which is that he's actually arguing about someone buying the controlling interest. Like, he knows that someone bought the controlling interest. That's what I kind of thought. He just doesn't know who it is. Yeah, and he has safeguards in place to stop someone from doing that, but they used five different banks to circumnavigate it, and it was Sun. So I like that. I like that reading. I don't think that's far off. Yeah. So Sun comes in, she goes, hi, what's wrong? (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, oh, problems with some company stuff. You wouldn't get it. I'm like patronizing. So he says, how's the baby? And she goes, don't pretend to care. (laughs) You hated Jin. And she like doubles down after he like is like, excuse me, which of course, like, you know, we get so much like Korean culture stuff and everything. And like her dad gives off the don't you dare disrespect me thing. And she's like, hi, I'm here to disrespect you. It's so. I've pulled up to disrespect you. It's great. Yeah, it's great. And so he like stands up and he's like, who do you think you are? Like, you need to respect your father and she goes guess what bitch (laughs) i got mad money from oceanic i bought a controlling interest in your company and he Mm. says why would you do that oh 
Wow, the turntables. Oh, I love it so much. And she's uh-huh. like, it was very significant. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we see Saeed earlier this uh, this season be like, yeah, I can afford to literally do nothing, go to the Seychelles and play golf. It's great. Like, I'm like, but was it worth it? <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But so he's like, why would you do that? And she says, we were on that plane because of you. And he was a scary bad person because of you. And you and one other person are responsible for his death. That's spoilers. So I'll tell you who that other person is in the spoiler section. But she says, after I have my baby, we're going to talk about, talk more about our company. Looking forward to working with you. Mm. It's so Bye. good. So good. Ach, that scene is so good. It's like you've been waiting all show for a scene like this. Mm-hmm. You've been waiting for her to tell this freaking guy off. And it's so good to finally see it. It's so satisfying. Yeah. So Hurley pulls up to his parents' house and you notice that he's got this junker car. You know, he's like, I have no money and it's beautiful. So he has this junk ass car. And of course he's got to get some Mr. Clucks, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I get it. The front door is open, which is suspicious. Calls for his mom and dad, no answer. And best little detail ever, he also calls for Mr. Tron and Lady Tron, which I love. They hired the Trons back. Good. Good. Earlier in the show, the Trons were their like personal chefs that he got from a Benihana's, I think. I think so. I think that's what it was. Yeah. And he like told the Trons that he that he was going to fire them because he was so bad luck that he didn't want the Trons to get hurt. And so the fact that they hired back the Trons makes me so happy. Full circle. I love that. That's a great, that's a great little detail. Yeah. So then he finds a coconut on the floor. As you do. And he's like, this is a lot for me. I'm traumatized. And we start hearing the creepy whispers, which is like very reminiscent of we know exactly what they're trying to do here. And he's going to use the Jesus statue (laughs) to bludgeon whoever (laughs) it is. I think this is the same Jesus statue that like Carmen covered Mm -hmm. the ears of in that one episode too. And turns out, it's a surprise party. Although it is equally possible. She just has multiple Jesus statues throughout the house. Multiple Jesus statues. For sure. But it's a surprise party. And they're like, happy birthday. And Carmen's like, happy birthday. Hey, what are you doing <laughs> with that? <laughs> How dare you? But enjoy your party. So we've got the Hawaiian music on. It's an island themed party. And you're like, hmm, this is in bad taste. Just a little. This is... Not so good. But obviously his parents are completely oblivious to that. Completely oblivious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The comment about the boars. You can also, <laughs> yeah, see a Geronimo Jackson record by the DJ, which of course is one of the fake bands that they made up for this show and is also a record that was in the hatch. Uh, Kate and Aaron are here and she says that Jack is just running late. So we know that this is when sh- uh, J- Jack and Kate were together already by this point. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Remember, oh my God, this ship or life is crazy. I remember how You're excited like, I'll take anything. we were by that little comment. <sighs> oh my gosh. I, I wish that, like, we had such a fun time on Something Nice Back Home, but I'm like, what would have happened if we had had Selena on that episode? I like, know. Oh my God. <laughs> Who did you have on that episode? <laughs> it's a friend of mine named Endeavorance. I found him on TikTok and he talks about Lost. But... Is he a, was he a yeah. dater? No. Oh my God. No. <laughs> Selena, I try, let me tell you, like we had a great time with Endeavorance. He was awesome. I'm sure he was. But I did had originally, like somebody had uh, bowed out. And so I had like another person who I was going to get who was like a big Jack fan. Um, and she was too busy to be on it. I was like, I wanted to get a Jack fan. I promise. 
Sure. Um, sure. Sure, Robin. It just didn't happen. But I couldn't get anybody. Sure. You're here now. What are your thoughts on something nice back okay, home? Okay, so, no, I, I'm not going to make it. Um, no, My thesis I, begins I, with. Honestly, honestly, yeah. something nice back home was so, like, the you you can't imagine the shipper you can't imagine the mm-hmm. shipper wars you lived them i'm yeah. sure it mm-hmm. was just it was so hugely kind of like affirming because we all thought we'd been making it up it was never going to happen but it was also kind of like the nail and kind of first nail in the coffin in a way of, of jade like not right. not really uh, you know overall but it was kind of it was a I, I remember we were very 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 excited it was kind of our but we also knew we we peaked you know like mm-hmm. we knew we understood yeah. like the, the yeah. dramatic like structure of the of, of what was happening here and what they were kind of like quote unquote, giving to us there was we made all the fan videos all of the edits like it was there was <laughs> material there for like kept us fed as they say um but i i remember I remember it being bittersweet as well and i remember it being frustrating yeah. because you don't want like you you, you don't want your sh- your ship to basically like yeah sure they got together but it was also the end you know of the right. happiness and it was also right and like we've already seen yeah yeah the flash forward at the be- end of season exactly three. Yeah. so i think uh, kind of affirming that yes it happened and they're not going to skip over it the show didn't say this is not interesting to us mm-hmm. as writers as viewers as whatever right, like right. we want to give it attention this this relationship matters to us as writers mm-hmm. that i think was validating for for fans yeah. who have invested so much energy in it and but i also think for me it just like because jack's whole attitude with aaron is so appalling to me like the way that he handled mm-hmm. that like kind of did, did right 100 percent break 100%. i i do like jack but i think that was kind of i think the worst thing he did kind of in my eyes was the way he handled that situation right. and obviously that like aaron and kate and jack and all that you can't really separate it so definitely a lot of positives just from being like yes you weren't delusional you know you did we we mm-hmm. do see that there's something yeah. interesting in this relationship and we do think that romance is part of their journey but there's also a lot more that's more important to their journey so we just kind of want to get it over with so it was like literally the title of the episode something nice back home here you go something nice the end yeah, right. you know it was so, yeah. yeah so many yeah. emotions but um yeah yeah but that's all that's absolutely saying something because yeah you know like many many shows are like shipping is not important at all to us and yeah. We think it's a stupid way to watch our show or a uh, an ignorant way to watch the show, you know? So it, exactly. it, it, I, I totally get why yeah. it would be so nice to be like, they care about it and they understand that it's important. Exactly. And that was, that was uh, kind of, I think the, the, honestly, the most important, more important than the content of the episode was just realizing, yeah, yeah. Like relationships, including the romance that you always get like heckled yeah. for caring about, especially in the Lost fandom. They were like, no, no, we, we mm-hmm. see you and we think. We want to tell the story too. Saeed and Nadia also came to the party, which is wonderful. Naid. And Naid. Saeed says, interesting choice of theme. Yeah. <laughs> Saeed is the best. I love him so much. He is funny. One of my favorite, I think my favorite line award in, I think it was like Ji Yun or like one in the middle of the season here was when he, all he had to eat on the freighter was, was beans. And he said, and I quote, I hope they resolve their kitchen issues. Like, he's like, I have to be very kind about this. But as you can tell, I'm very upset. (laughs) Interesting choice of theme. You know, like the subtext from Said is always so good. It's a very delicate way to put that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, on Lostpedia, it was pointed out at Hurley's surprise birthday party, Said is seen sporting a wedding band, implying that he and Nadia have already been married by this point. So sad we didn't get to see that. I, I want to see that in this mm-hmm. episode, but I get why they don't have all the time in the world. 
I would just have loved, like we just spoke about something nice back home and I did, I did really enjoy that episode for the space it gave yeah. to Jack and Kate. But honestly, like in retrospect, having kind of grown out of, of my Jader phase, I would have swapped that for mm-hmm. an episode of just the Oceanic Six hanging out, but like with content, right. like with depth, <laughs> like this was nice. We saw them yeah. in each other, like they were in each other's lives, but I would have loved just them yeah. sitting down, having it like a conversation like remember that crazy mm-hmm. thing that happened remember when we were all like looking yeah. for each other and like when you had your appendix out and you know like <laughs> that was crazy yeah i would have really enjoyed that yeah oh yeah i forgot to mention like when you had said like you know you could tell where the peak of jate was and when it was started going down you know mm. like i i relate to that because i feel like the peak of skate was them doing yeah. it in the caves yeah. and then it yeah. just went downhill from there 100%. you know and you could That's tell true. You were like, this is as far as it's going to go. Yeah. Did you tell at the time? Yeah. Like, well, was it like in, in retrospect, you saw that it was kind of, that was the peak or did you? I think it's probably, probably in retrospect. For me, more in retrospect. Yeah. 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 Because I feel yeah. like that was, they were really riding that high. Like it felt like her choice had been made at that point. But I think in retrospect, like when we got to that, them, like, I don't remember if this happened this season or at the later point, but that was like a more skate happens and that felt a little bit like it, you know like it was already over you know what i mean like you, yeah. you that's when i felt like oh uh, i feel like that was that they, yeah. they peaked egg town i think <laughs> yeah egg town yeah. That, yeah that was yeah. This, this season yeah so you've seen that already this yeah it was yeah yeah egg town was kind of like after the high and you could I, that's when i could tell like oh okay so we're kind of yeah done with that now. yeah for sure mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting how that how that felt at the time yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> he agrees <laughs> Yeah. So Hurley goes, yeah, my mom doesn't really understand that like people died um, and it was horrible. Um, <laughs> it was n- not good. And then David comes over and asks if they're talking about fires and boars. Hey, dude, this is not good. Read the room. He's like, people died, dad. People died. Yeah. I love Nadia gets it. Like she's looking at him like, dude, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, bro. Uh-uh. I thought that too. We're not doing that. Yeah. But he wants to come and show Hurley his birthday present on Lostpedia. I didn't even notice this. See, there's new things to find every single time. Oh, it's so fun. It said, Hurley's birthday party scene contained the following Easter eggs. Four palm trees on the lanai, eight helium balloons tied by the pool, 15 presents on the lanai table, 16 party hats worn by background individuals, 23 and 42 were the numbers on the jerseys worn on two boys crossing oh over the God. pool right after the DJ was shown. So, wow. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's a big one. I feel like Hurley wouldn't even allow two people to come with jerseys with 23 and 42 on them. He'd be like, get out. But so they go to the garage and Hurley insists that he doesn't want anything from the money. And David says, no, no, I got it from before the money. It's all good. And he says, before you gave us the money. So we learn that he gave them all of the money. Mm-hmm. It was the Camaro that they'd been working on for like his whole life. And he was fixing it when he thought he was dead as a memorial to Hurley. And it's like when I was working on it, it was almost like I was with you. And I was like, um, this is beautiful. Yeah. If only you would have like, yeah. this is so nice. Tried to spend that time with your son when he was yeah. not fake dead for sure like but still like of all the bad dads like this is nice oh yeah he's not the worst of them yeah for sure like yeah daddy issues yes but hey he's one of the better ones for sure yeah i um 
And I also think it's like one of the only moments we see, I mean, David is played by Cheech Marin, you know, classic comedy actor guy. And so it's like, this is one of the only times I feel like we see him be so deeply genuine and it is- Yeah, and sincere. It's really effective. I really love this scene. And so, yeah, like I said earlier, he's got that rabbit's foot keychain on it, which is like- Obviously, Hurley has a lot to do with luck and he gets in, but the numbers and the odometer read 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42. And he's like, I'm not into it. On Lostpedia, it said triple meters where the lower four numbers, which would be 2342, appeared on Hurley's birthday car were not standard on the 1970, 1972 Camaro. So it seems Hurley's father replaced the original speedometer unit with an aftermarket model when he refurbished the car. Mm. So, okay, sure. Car stuff. Yeah. So Hurley's like, yo, is this a prank? Because it's not funny. Those are the numbers. And David's like, am I being punked right now? (laughs) David's like, oh my God, that's crazy. Weird. What a coincidence. And Hurley's like, no, I'm taking it way farther than that. And uh, he like runs away and is like, I don't want it, which is like a bummer. But like, I get it, I guess. You fixed it. Yeah. After the crash, I, I worked on it as a memorial to you. When I was fixing it up, it was almost like I was with you. But now you're back, and it's all yours. Want to take it for a little spin? Is this something wrong, son? Is this some kind of joke? What are you talking about? 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42. Did you do this? To what? Those are the numbers. Right there, the numbers I won the lottery with. Wow, what a coincidence. No, no, not a coincidence. I don't want this. I don't want any of it. Hugo, wait a wait, minute, Hugo, what are you, son? Hey. Hugo, Hugo. Hugo, where are you going? He does eventually drive it. Like we saw him driving it in 401. So he does eventually drive it. Mm-hmm. But it is a bummer that his dad was like, here's a really lovely present yeah. that I got you. And he just like runs away from it. So that's kind of sad, but yeah. Okay, here we go. So finally, Christian gets his funeral and Jack is up there and he says, I wrote what I wanted to say here 10 months ago on the back of a cocktail napkin in the Sydney airport. So we learned that this is July, 2005. Kate, Aaron, Hurley, Said, and Nadia are in the audience as well as Margo, of course. And I... I love that Nadia comes to all the things. I know, me too. She comes to all the things and I love that so much. Jack says, whatever it was that I wrote, he wouldn't have liked it anyway. So here's, I I have, it's like maybe not a complaint, but it's just something that I keep noticing. And Selena, I need you to comment on this. Kate has her thumb in Aaron's mouth all episode. All episode. (laughs) And like, maybe it's just like my sensory issues, but I would rather die. Like my thumb is going to get all pruny from baby's bit. It's terrible you can obviously tell i'm not a mother selena as a mother do you as a mother your thumb in your baby's mouth constantly yes yeah Yeah. right right as a um (laughs) certified expert you know what is so funny Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna derail too much i i don't i don't but he does have a pacifier no worries but yeah when i i was in the hospital right after he was born because he had some um jaundice and stuff like that and um Mm -hmm. the one of the nurses she was like because she was so fussy and she was like you know what just uh just just 
put a finger in his mouth. And I was like, um, what, like, should I do that? And she was like, yeah, yeah, just wash your finger and put it in his mouth. And like, she did it. And he like calmed down immediately. And I was like, oh, this is so smart. So I like started putting my finger and like, he couldn't be quiet unless we put a finger Mm -hmm. in his mouth. So I had to give him a pacifier because I was like, this is disgusting. Yeah, I mean, that must be it. So like my choice was made for me. So I think that's that's what it is, is to keep that baby relatively calm. They're yeah. like, just stick a yeah. finger in his mouth. I just like, it's just constantly. And I was like, that I can't. And maybe it's like me in my like post-COVID brain. I'm like, I would need to like hand sanitize my ma- my hands, but then I don't want to put my hands in my baby's mouth because now I have hand sanitizer hands. Yeah, full of sanitizer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was a, there was a, a weird advice, but I think this was pre-COVID mm. and they were on a mm. film set and things were very expensive and they had a yeah. baby that probably wasn't as calm as the many yes. shots of that baby. He's just sitting there. He's just like right. killing. Yeah. Like a baby would never. <laughs> yeah. My baby would never. Yeah, for sure. So I think yeah. I think that's 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 probably your explanation is that it's a kind of a, a yeah. trick to uh, get him to settle when he's not otherwise gonna settle thank god we had a baby expert here yeah that's why that's why you got me for this episode i was just gonna complain about so it. <laughs> not something nice yes, that comes yeah. because my my right, right. episode are more valuable yeah <laughs> right and of course like when i asked you to be on it i didn't know you had a baby but i just i just knew in my heart i guess oh so you just somehow you must have known yeah yeah, yeah. so jack says you know christian didn't like eulogies he only liked the free alcohol that came with the funeral so I don't know. I don't even get to bury him. So I don't even know if this is a very good one. But this is kind of for me and not for him. So goodbye. I loved you and I miss you. I love how like he had all of that lead up and then that's all he said. Were you guys expecting something more profound? He's like all of that. Oh, and I was going to say this. Now I didn't. And now I have words. I'm just for me. Goodbye. Yeah, I feel like Jack was like... I, it was a little anticlimactic. Okay, here are the three things I want to say, um, but I need to take up more time. So I guess I'll like sort of talk about how I was in a plane crash. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because people are always interested in that. So I'll just do that. It's like, you guys, if you don't know, like I'm one of the Oceanic Six. And like, this- <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the thing about me. Curly going, do you know who I am? <laughs> yeah. Do you think, do you guys think that Margot actually already did have a memorial service and she just didn't tell him? Because like... <gasps> Oh. She must have done, like, for both of them. I, like, why wouldn't she? Yeah. Yeah. I would think so, but I also think that it's possible that after having to grieve both of them at the same time, that she was, like, so, maybe not depressed, but, like, so within her grief that she didn't even get around to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's also possible. And that could be. Yeah. I mean, hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of weird they don't, like... Or maybe, like, it's possible someone else, mentioned that. like, helped her and did it for her too right i mean i don't know if it was me if i could muster the courage to do any organizing right so jack and margo i think this is the last scene it's long but it's the last one so jack and margo are thanking people as they leave and margo says she's gonna see him back at the house and she leaves kate comes over and says he did a good job and jack says he had lots of practice which uh is sort of you know he has to say that quietly considering they say that only three other people were there, but he's talking about all the funerals that they had on the island that he spoke at. So Carol Littleton comes up and here's the thing. I always think it's like, not great, but like fine, I guess. But I hear from Australians on the internet and just like various people that I know that this is the worst fake Australian accent on the entire show. <laughs> yeah, she's terrible. I was wondering why she was so terrible. People are talking constantly about how bad it is. <laughs> Yeah. I didn't know she wasn't Australian. It's like so bad. But she's 
like that i'm sorry again to this actress i feel like i'm just like insulting this is yeah. the third actor i've insulted but like it, this is terrible <laughs> yeah it's not good apparently it is like and the dialogue is so bad not good. it doesn't help i think that well, as i was like what she says is so so like it's so yeah. melodramatic right for sure and i was like i was re-watching it last night and then i was like thinking about how everyone always says it's so bad so she would like say something and then i would pause it and try and say it in an australian <laughs> accent like what would it sound differently <laughs> Like, how would it sound? Anyway, but yeah, apparently it's... Well, how, how would it sound? Not good. I don't know. Don't make me do it. <laughs> I want to hear it. I don't even know. I don't even know. Because then I was like, wait, am I... Con- I think I'm confusing myself with the accent that she's doing. I think so, she's just yeah. too over the top. Yeah. And I mean, you know, she lost her daughter and she's being reminded of it. And now she's re- lost her baby daddy. And like, you know, that's sad, but... Yeah. Yeah, but the actress didn't. Yeah. (laughs) I know, but she's pretending the character did, Casey. Do you know how acting works? No, I don't. Oh, okay. On Lostpedia, it said the casting description for Carol's part was uh, Donna. So they they basically like to stop, you know, spoilers and stuff in these casting notifications. They like totally name the character something that's not its name or not their name and like you know, say things that aren't necessarily true about the character just to, so that they're not spoiling anything. But basically the casting description was Donna, Caucasian, blonde, pretty, Australian, has had to deal with many setbacks in her life, but is strong and has persevered, now has to deliver painful and emotional news, must be authentically Australian, or be able to do an impeccable Australian accent. Impeccable. What happened here? What happened here? Yeah, I have questions. I don't know. So Jack says, how did you know my dad? She says, I was the reason he was in Australia. And he's like, oh, he came to see you? Why? And she said, no, not me. I was still in the hospital. So this is like our first time seeing her learning that she eventually woke up from that coma. Mm -hmm. You know, like Claire, when she was going to get on the plane, said goodbye to her while she was still in that coma. Yeah. You know? So, like, she woke up from that coma sometime within these 10 months. Mm-hmm. And now she's, like, up and walking and taking flights. Oh, yikes. What a what a world to come back to. Yeah. On Lostpedia, it said, Carol's reappearance is reminiscent of Kate's mother's. They were both hospitalized with negligible chance of recovery, yet they both showed up after the Oceanic 6 rescue. Mm-hmm. So, those kind of go together. So, Carol says, no, he didn't come to see me. He came to see his daughter. My daughter. And Jack goes, oh, <laughs> This lady must be confused. My dad didn't have a daughter. And she said, I am so sorry to have to tell you this, but yes, he did. But when he went, he didn't even get a chance to see Claire because what he did was with, this happened with Anna Lucia when she was in the car in Two for the Road in season two. He ended up going to Lindsay's house, who's Carol's sister. And Lindsay basically told him to get lost and to leave. So he never even got to see Claire before uh, he died. So Carol says, you two were together on that plane and you never even knew that she was your half sister. She's one of the people who died when the plane hit the water. Her name is Claire. And of course, Jack is like, I have to pretend like I don't even know who that is, Mm -hmm. but I am very shook right now. Yeah. Yeah. Because obviously they didn't say that Claire was one of the people who died because she's still alive, you know? I, I, it was so interesting that he like felt like he had to hide his reaction. I guess I guess he did to her name, but I feel like his shock and mm-hmm. just finding out he had a sister like that's fair right. enough. Like she wouldn't have been like, "Why yeah. did you react so strongly yeah. to that information?" It's like, yeah, it's still it's still shocking news. <laughs> she pulls out a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, shocking just for a different reason. Yeah, for sure. But I I, I was very. How did you guys? Yeah, exactly. Conspiracy of lies. They interview Carol. <laughs> She's like, um, this is what Jack acted like at the funeral. Yeah. 
No, I, but did you guys, do you remember your reaction to this? Because I feel like this is one of the things that, you know, we, the audience had known about this for quite a while and like since season two, mm -hmm. I think, right? So it's... Season three, but yeah. This reveal, I think was, it was a, it was a big letdown, I think for me. And, and especially like the whole Jack and Aaron mm. thing, in, like already was subpar, like the way that they, yeah. they handled that. And so I, I just yeah. think mm -hmm. everything about this Jack and thing like it was it was really unnecessary like on the scope yeah. of the show yeah. as a whole that's how i feel it it, it meant nothing is it's just unnecessary mm -hmm. and doesn't yeah. add up to much of anything it was definitely like there for shock value and and it's and it is very cool when we like learn about it and the big twist happens in par avion but after that it sort of loses its value. You know what I mean? Like it starts depreciating and every other time that it's brought up, it's like, okay, we know now. And, you know, Jack's reaction yeah. has to be toned down because of the lie. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we don't even get Jack going, what? Yeah. Which is like yeah. how the audience yeah. felt, you know? So yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. And you don't have that fallout of, of because we it cuts to this and then to something nice back home. So you don't really have that, like Jack and Kate having a discussion about it. You don't really have like, it, right. it's just one of those things where the reason to add in a twist, like secret siblings, which is so soapy, it, it, it has to be for character mm. reasons. And I feel like it just, it was yeah. like you said, it was a good great shock moment but yeah it didn't have anything like it didn't do anything for jack it, well i suppose it did do something for jack but it didn't do anything for claire like it was just kind of i don't know i remember not being right, hugely right. into that for something so shocking and and it's and now jack knows but claire still doesn't know yeah you know? no just, just i guess that's a spoiler conversation but yeah i wonder yeah. if you ever but, sorry go on casey i interrupted you. i was just gonna say for something so shocking i constantly forget that this plot point even happens that's how like <laughs> yeah not like significant it is in my brain yeah that's fair but so yeah so she says i'm sorry to have to tell you this now but you did need to know which to be fair like that was important information for her to give him oh yeah especially even for like her own conscience. So she walks away and she tells Kate that her son is so beautiful, not knowing that her son, her not knowing that that is literally her grandson. Like Yikes. I have to believe that she had some sort of like vibe toward that, you know, like I had some sort of like connection, you know? You must, yeah. Yeah, without even knowing. But after she leaves, Jack and Kate look at each other like, oh my God, <laughs> like holy crap. And, um, you know, Kate absolutely fully eavesdropped on that conversation. And, you know, when Carol approaches her, she's like, Jesus, okay, uh, keep it together. Um, thank you. <laughs> yeah. You know, so as we talked about it, you know, we've already sort of uh, talked about it a little bit. But as we had said, I think we made a mistake in our Something Nice Back Home podcast, which is that uh, we said that Jack didn't even know that he was related to Claire yet. And so when he said, you're not even related to him, it was like, oh my gosh, Jack doesn't even know that he's related to Aaron. Oh. But, you know, now that we're rewatching it, we know that, you know, Aaron is significantly older by then. So Jack absolutely knew that he was Aaron's uncle at this point. Right, right, right. Which to me makes it almost meaner of him to yell at Kate that she's not related to him. Fully. In that scene, you know? Yeah. Yeah, especially because he leaves. Like, it's, yeah, it's awful. There's no excuse for any of that. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's very scary. So yeah, uh, is there anything else you guys want to mention about the episode before we go into so uh, segments? Oh, I did see on Lostpedia that the song that plays at the very end of the episode mm -hmm. is called Of Mice and Ben. And I just think yeah. that's really genius. Jakino's so smart. Like, I love all, like, you know, classic Booneral. The Booneral, yeah. The Booneral is one of my favorite, one of my favorite, like, pun names that he does. Yeah. Great stuff. They're so good. They're Great so stuff. good. Yeah. 
So good. Great. So now it's time for segments. Um, our first segment is our favorite line award. Uh, mine's gotta go to Carmen for. <laughs> what are you doing with that? I don't know. I thought there might be a prowler or something. Jesus Christ is not a weapon. <laughs> Has to. Has to. Which sure. honestly, um, he kind of is the way some people yeah. use him. <laughs> Casey, great point. Thank you. And my favorite line award goes to Sawyer and Lapidus for... You know this, Yahoo! Yeah! Yahoo! Yahoo! <laughs> Lapidus is just so insulted. Lapidus is like, how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> All right, what about you, Selena? My favorite, I thought it was difficult. I thought, I really like the Sawyer's hold up, you don't get to die alone line. Hold up! You don't get to die alone. Um, but it was mm-hmm. only because the Yahoo line was taken. Because <laughs> that was actually <laughs> so everything with Sawyer and Lapidus, I think. Um, also, yeah. that thing Sawyer says about, uh, like, can I get you boys anything else? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. for You can have an honorable mention if you like. You can have that one. Yeah. I think that was really good. Honestly, honestly, Sawyer. Sawyer really made this episode for me. It's yeah. true. He yeah. was, every time he was on screen, he added... Like there was my my baby also has opinions. Uh, <laughs> Good. Baby has a favorite line award. Yes, yeah. uh, it's Moo. That can be the baby's favorite line award. <laughs> His favorite character is Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> get in that back compartment. There's a toolbox. See if you can find something to get me out of these things. You heard it, man. Well, all right. Could I get you boys a nice cold glass of lemonade while I'm back there. No, I I I think I I think that there's just some actors that gave it a little bit more in this episode than others you know what i mean and i think um mm-hmm. yeah sure josh holloway was definitely one of them okay. and whatever his name is that yeah, plays like sure. he was just great uh jeff yeah jeff, yeah Leahy, Leahy, yeah. Leahy? Fe- Fe- oh, i think Fe-hy. yeah i love him it's possible that the vowels sounds are different but <laughs> i tried my best all right our next segment is casey's random award of the episode casey okay so we didn't mention this but is it just me or does margo also kiss Jack on the lips as she's saying goodbye to him after the memorial service. I think so too, but I didn't I didn't want to harp on it too much. Well, it's important because my award, okay. um, I'm going to call it the two nickel award, which is <laughs> Oh, okay. If I had a nickel for every time it looks like Margot Shepard kisses her fully grown adult son on the lips, I'd have two <laughs> nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. Yeah, great. Fantastic <laughs> award. I love it. Thank you. And now it's time for Man of Science, Man of Faith. Uh, today we have quite a few people to talk about. I, I put Aaron on this list, but I I just don't know if we can, if I know if he's a man of science or a man of faith. That's a baby of faith. He's a baby of faith. Let's start with Jack. Um, Jack is almost always a man of science, which is why I like to ask, do we see any man of faith Jack in this episode? Mm, no. I'm trying to think. Mm. I'm not sure either, actually. Yeah. I think that like, all I can think of is that he's like putting his faith in the other members of the Oceanic Six that they're going to keep up with the lie. But that's all I can think of. Yeah, but I think even that is just like rooted in like a methodology of his. Yeah, right. He's like, the logic says that we need to do this. Yeah. So you're going to. Yeah, yeah. What about Kate? Would you guys say that Kate is more of a man of science or man of faith this episode? <sighs> Not really either, I think. Yeah. I don't know. But I think I think Jack could be a little bit of a sorry man of, of faith because he did kind of yeah. him choosing to go after the people that he felt responsible oh, for. True. I suppose. Sure, sure, yeah. That wasn't really the logical thing to do. It was very much an emotional kind of. I, I, I that is fair. Absolutely. I have a responsibility to these people. Yeah. 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 I'd go so yeah. far as to say Island Jack is 
kind of more faith leaning, whereas mm. Flash Forward Jack is more science leaning, which is interesting. Okay. Yeah. And then what about Kate? Kate? I feel like she's mostly, and like to her detriment, I don't care for it, but you know, she's mostly following Jack's lead. Yeah, she's a- Um, this episode? She's a man of prop. A prop of man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't really have any like agency this episode mm-hmm. besides hold baby. Yeah. Right. What about Sun? Science. Okay. How come? Because she's smart. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I feel like all of the Oceanic Six are giving science, especially at the press conference. Yeah. So I see what um, you mean there. I'm trying to think of like island stuff. Her? Kind of the same with, I think she's kind of the same as Jack. Like a little more faithy mm. island sun and yeah. a little more science-y flash forward right. sun. Okay. As for Saeed, I think we've got science all the way all around for him. I'd agree. Like he is going after Jack and Sawyer, but I think that it's because he feels responsible because they thought that he was the one who sent the thing. Right. You know, as for Hurley, I would say we're, we're, I think Hurley is giving faith. Same. Because he's like continuing to be freaked out by the numbers, which makes sense. And he's sort of putting his faith in Locke and Ben. Yeah. You know? I think he yeah. he doesn't make his decisions based on logic. He does them based mm-hmm. on emotion and like moral yeah. right and wrong kind of. Right. It's hard when there's so many of the, yeah. like, of the main characters to talk about Man of Science, Man of Faith. But okay, let's move on. So did they do the thing? The thing is when they say the name of the episode in the episode. No, it is just a symbolic metaphor or whatever. That would be so funny. So uh, they did not do it this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine? If they did. Like, there's no place like home. They walk out. one. (laughs) Yeah. Part one. Yeah. Part one, especially. They have to say the full name. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh, it'd be so funny if they, like, did that all music, no sound thing coming out of the hangar, and then at the end, they, like, focus on Kate all by herself, and she goes... (sighs) There's no place like home. Part one. Part one. Part one. <laughs> All right. How likable is Jack this episode out of 10? I'm going to let Selena take the lead on this one. I, yeah, thanks. Okay. I, I, you know, I do, I like Jack. So <laughs> um, I'm always going to say he's like at least a four. Yeah. Well, not always, but most of the time. But mm-hmm. I think, I mean, his, his whole attitude towards Aaron hasn't started yet really so i think that doesn't discount him so i think i think he's pretty likable i know that his whole savior thing is Mm -hmm. the thing that puts most people off about him and it doesn't to me i think he is like you know he is very much sort of the the clark of the show right like if we want to put it in those terms like he just he feels he feels super responsible for the people that he that you know because it's it's i think I, I really enjoy it, just to, um, to avoid going on a huge rant. I, I really like mm-hmm. that he feels responsible for the people uh, that look up to him. And I think, you know, when, when you have yeah. someone like Sawyer saying, I think it's important that we go after Hurley, that's coming from a similar place. But we are mm-hmm. we tend as an audience to be more sort of, oh, that's so cute that they want to go, like Sawyer wants to go rescue Hurley. But when it's Jack mm-hmm. wanting to go rescue Saeed and, and Desmond, it it reads more condescending but i don't think Mm. from jack's perspective that it is meant to be condescending like even though desmond and saeed are so maybe like objectively more capable like hurley is kind of like infantilized a little bit so saving him is kind of like saving a like a a, a, a little brother or whatever like yeah so basically for all of that i think that when when jack goes off to sort of rescue someone only really putting himself 
and someone that he trusts to be as capable of as himself like Kate or like uh, Sawyer in danger I don't see that as a negative thing I see that as an as an right. admirable thing so right. I I think I think yeah solid seven eight ish solid seven yeah nice yeah and and to speak on your like jack is clark thing i genuinely think that there are like many not even just several but like many characters on the hundred that have a one-to-one like lost character adjacent that they are you know what i mean yeah <laughs> Under, like a, a thousand percent like there's no looking back yeah. on it it was like a, a, a yeah paint by numbers yeah I'm going six. I'm going to go six for me. Yeah, I'll I'll go a solid six as well. Sweet. Yeah. Cool. My next segment is asexual Faraday question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah, he doesn't do a lot, but um, he's just, he's just a little ace guy. And yeah. I love him. Just reminding everybody that he's just a little ace guy. So true. How many episodes since the last knockout? Womp womp. You guys, we're back to zero. I mean, we didn't even go up one this time. <laughs> it was two episodes in a row. And uh, yeah, our record is six. Uh, but, um, we're at zero. Yeah, with Kimi around, there's no hope. We are at zero. Yeah. Does this episode pass the Bechtel test? Absolutely not. Mm, no. Mm-hmm. Did it not? With wow. Him. Well... <laughs> Kaden... <laughs> no, Kaden's son spoke about... Kaden's son spoke about Claire. But, it, except Claire, did, Kate didn't answer her, so maybe it doesn't count. A true... son did ask Kate about Claire. One, one person. <laughs> yeah, and it's, like, also sort of about Aaron... <laughs> I think the scene was so short that I don't think we can count it. No. I really don't. No. And also she only asked because of Aaron, so technically Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, the the female reporter no, she spoke to you know no, it did not. It did not. Yeah, no. No, no. There were women present yes. present in this episode and not all of them held babies all of the time. Yeah, exactly. Yes, which is something we can't say about every episode. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I love Trisha Tanaka is dead with my whole heart, but there are like no women in that episode. Um, excuse me, there's Trisha Tanaka who's dead. But she's dead. You're right, and Carmen is definitely in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, they kill off Trisha Tanaka. Yeah, yeah, talk about fridging. All right. Mm-hmm. So true. Stay tuned for our segment after the outro. We'll be discussing this episode within the context of the rest of the series. Please be aware that this will be rampant with spoilers, so proceed with caution. Yes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Thank you to the creators and community at Lostpedia. Without them, we would be lost. We would. Our spoiler song was composed and produced by Francis Neves. Yes, and thank you to whoever cooperated in the same space as us during this podcast. My dog slept the whole time, but I just wanted to give a big major shout out to Selena's baby. Yay, baby! Yay! Yeah, he wasn't there for most of the episode, but uh, he he was around. And my cat, my cat has been here the whole time. Oh, yay, cat! Hey, cat! And she only meowed once. Yeah. (laughs) That's great. She's very. She was very much enjoying. This is probably the most time, by the way, you guys. Like, I really planned to make this happen. Like, my mom t- took the baby uh-huh. for a walk. I set up oh this whole thing. God. Of course, yeah. and the microphone didn't work. But like, tiny, uh-huh. tiny issue. It's gonna affect my entire sound. Yeah. And my cat. This is the longest that it's been just the two of us since the baby oh. was born five months ago. She is so happy. Oh. So my cat thanks you for this. Oh. Oh well, we thank you too. Thank you so much for putting so much effort into being here. I'm yes. so excited. It's been too long. So you have yeah. such good thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you are so inclined, please write us a review wherever you're listening or recommend us to a friend. That'd be great. If you're a fan of the hundred like we sort of 
talked about it a little bit. Uh, we talked about that. Uh, we covered uh, seasons four to seven as they were airing. Um, Selena was in our discussion, uh, w- our post-series discussion after it was over, if you want to check that out for more Selena content. Um, oh and God. then we're also going back to do the good old days. So we covered season three already and we're going backwards. Um, so uh, by the time this comes out, we should have quite a few episodes of season two out as well. Wow, I love that. I'm going to have to go listen. <laughs> I, oh, oh my gosh, I still think about, I still think about the, <laughs> the drama. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> no, I, that sounds great. You're like that was my life. That's the life I led. Yeah. Uh, if you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show too. You guys, it's over. It happened. We have an, a podcast episode for every single episode of Riverdale. You do not have to watch Riverdale to listen to it. And uh, uh, I loved covering that show so so much because it was so so stupid. Um, <laughs> and we are actually going to be doing a rewatch podcast starting in the summer again. So we're going back. We have to go back. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show too. Uh, we are in the midst of season four, covering uh, season four and looking forward to when season five comes out. Yay! Yay! You can follow at The Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, and Instagram. Uh, mostly Twitter, but Robin does make gifts of our favorite line awards on Tumblr. And uh, you can also check out TikTok, where Robin makes cute little TikToks, and they're fun. Yeah, it's so fun to make little TikToks. I don't know if they're working advertising-wise, but um, I'm having fun making them, so that's what matters. I like them. Thanks. Uh, like I said earlier, our Patreon is patreon.com slash theafficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating um, because it's expensive with our money and it's expensive with our time. We're starting to get a whole nother like $200 a month, uh, not a month, oh my god, $200 a year that I'm going to have to pay on top of like the hundreds of dollars a year that I'm already paying. So we'd really, really appreciate um, your help over there. Almost all of that money just goes straight back into the pocket podcast. Um, and if you can't do that, check out our small businesses in the description or uh, just recommend us to a friend. It's free. Thanks. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Casey Watches TV, just C-A-S-E-Y-W-A-T-C-H-E-S-T-V. And Selena, thank you so much for joining us. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. And you guys can follow Selena at Selena Sark on Instagram, but don't expect Yay. anything. I post everywhere. <laughs> once in a while <laughs> great i actually just i will be posting a little bit because i just did a new short film Ooh. oh yeah nice while i have my baby because i'm stupid and it's a yeah. milan themed <laughs> short film that'll be fun Ooh. very cool very cool so our next episode is episode 413 it's called there's no place like home part two um and we are going to be having the iconic claire willett on at claire willett and um so excited uh to talk to her she's the best okay love you bye okay love you bye love you bye Wow. Spoilers! <laughs> Before we get into the spoilers, I am here to talk to you about the only other character that has the longest right. gap of episodes. Right. So um, Margot has a gap of 75 episodes. Um, it's the longest gap for any actor and the longest gap for any character until Tom Brennan, who uh, was in Born to Run in season one, who was the guy that... Oh, is it Eric?
Oh. Kate, like, loved and then killed. Appeared after 80 episodes in the incident part one, but he was a child, so he's played by a new actor. But that is the longest gap for a character. And then this is the longest gap for an actor. So yeah, very cool. I can't say I have a whole lot of spoiler thoughts, uh, especially since this is the first part of a finale. So most of the answers that, or like the questions I have are just going to get answered by by this finale. But let me see if I have anything here. I had one thing. Sure. Sorry. I can just jump in. It was just, it was, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not totally sure how intentional it was, but I kind of think it was intentional is that when they do the montage at the very end and they, they focus in on all the people who got off the island, they don't just yeah. focus in on Hurley. They focus in on Hurley and Locke. Oh, ah, interesting. Yeah. And I oh, thought that was, Oh yeah. yeah. I thought that was really sort of advanced. Like, huh? Because they might've just been, yeah, yeah. They went next to each other, but I, 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 I think, I, I like to give them credit, thinking that that was a little mm-hmm. Telling yeah. us that Locke also gets off the island. Yeah. Gotcha. Very cool. Yeah, I'm with you. That's good, yeah. It doesn't look like I have anything for on the island. Uh, so I have quite a few things for the flashbacks. But, like, Sun saying, yeah, Jack, we are in shock. Like, when you finish the finale and you realize that she, like, just recently saw her husband blow up, or at least thought that she saw her husband mm-hmm. blow up on an exploding freighter, it's just, like, it adds a little bit more to that performance, I think. Yeah, for sure. Hurley brings Saeed over into his family and they embrace him so beautifully and it's wonderful. But it also reminds reminds me of one of my favorite episodes of season five is the I think it's the second episode it's called the lie it's about Hurley I don't know there's just more there's more that comes with Saeed and Hurley's parents which I love son says that her father and uh one other person are responsible for Jin's death she uh blames Charles Widmore as the other person because he was the one who owned the freighter oh I was thinking I thought I remembered it as being Jack but I guess that wasn't true um I think it's Charles Widmore because she like goes to London to like yell at him about it no no I think you're right you're, you are right. Yeah, but yeah. I was thinking I was thinking either it was Locke or Jack. But yeah. Right. Yeah, that would make sense. I just remember, remember it wrong. Yeah, that's what I got. Is there anything else you guys want to mention? Uh, I don't think so. Cool. No, I just had the one, like, I when I started watching this episode, I actually accidentally watched, like, the first couple of scenes of There's No Place Like Home Part 2 because I did not remember, uh-huh. like, you know, the, the full episode titles don't show up on, on Disney streaming. And I right. did not remember this was a three-parter. And I do think it's yeah. somewhat pretentious. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're like, we're, we're not going to do a two-parter. We're going to do a three-parter. We're lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I know, which is crazy because they, they, they did a three-parter for season one. And then they did a two-parter for two and three. And then a three-parter for four. And then a That's two-parter true. for five. Yeah. And then like one big long one for six. Oh, my God. Which is one. Yeah, it wasn't even a two-parter. That was disappointing. Yeah. yeah, it was just like one very long one. So Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Sorry for this uh, short little spoiler section for you today. But uh, see you next time. Thank you so much to Selena again for joining us. Yay! Yay! Thank you so much for having me. Hope to have you. Like, can I maybe put you down for the first part of the finale next season? I would love that. Yes. And I promise to okay, figure out the microphone situation for, for them. <laughs> no worries. Like, in a couple of years. Okay. <laughs> Whenever that is. Sounds good. Um, oh. If you guys want to follow us anywhere, you can find that in the description. Um, you can follow at The Aficionados to find the podcast in general. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash The Aficionados. Uh, we'd really appreciate your help over there. And we will see you guys next time. I can't believe season four is so close to being That's done already. Crazy. I mean, I know it's the shortest season, but it felt like it went by so fast. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. Love you. Bye. Okay, love Love you, bye. 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 You know, those are 15 years old.